Welcome to Bridge the Gap. This is a show where the idea is to bridge the gap of knowledge amongst different people where you, sir, are the expert and understanding of a whole different world of stuff. And I am like the other guy who wants to know some shit, wants to learn some shit, right? So, like, here's an example of the kind of thing I mean. I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, right? So I notice when I listen to a lot of guys from New York and they describe stuff, they do this thing where they go, nah, I mean. And I never know what you guys mean. And I never know the answer. I don't know what any of it really means, right? So there's a whole lot of people like me out there that, like, you know, could benefit from having a guy like you who actually knows a lot of things about a lot of things. Dog, I've been listening to you talk all week. Holy shit, do I think you know a lot of things about a lot of things. And I'm super excited to hear your thoughts on a bunch of stuff. So having a guy like you come through and bridge the gap in knowledge is just so beneficial to everybody, whether it's related to battle rap, whether it's related to subjects like black-owned businesses, whether it's related to just even cologne. Because, yo, I didn't know how much I cared about cologne, dude. I was actually researching you straight up, looking into your shit, and I landed on your Instagram, and I watched my first Fragrance Fridays. Do you know I watched 15 of those in a row, dude? Do you know that I got hooked? I got hooked. I was listening to you like you were talking because, yo, you sounded like you're a whiskey taster. Right. Like I went to a virtual whiskey tasting recently where some expert motherfucker comes through and starts talking about these whiskeys and it smells with this. And dude, the way you talked about it was with that level of finesse, that level of fucking joy and interesting. And I was just blown away, dude, blown away (laughs) by the level of knowledge you had. But more importantly, and this is what I wanted to compliment you on right before it before we really get into you and the story and all that good stuff. But you took the opportunity in those videos, not just to market a product, not just to build up a brand, but to make sure you educated people. You know, that, that one you did on the Juneteenth, with the explanation and the history of it, where you ended on the fireworks and shit, just seeing that, that, that opportunity to combine something you know people are gonna care about with actual knowledge. Dog, right. That to me made you a fucking hero in my eyes. And I just wanted to start it off Appreciate giving you that. the flowers and the salutes. Thank on you, that note, that. we are here to learn about your story, though. And, you know, along the way, maybe some questions pop up and stuff. But what we're trying to do is we look at it like this. When I look for you, I look for the Wikipedia page. And I'm like, mm, it's not as unfortunately not a lot happening there. And it's no disrespect. But that's why we're here. Right. Because this is a sourceable piece of media where we can fill out your story. And we can actually go through it together and learn about who you are. So okay. since you do the musics. I feel like it's very important to start the musical journey off correctly. The musical journey is not what are your influences. That's not actually where it starts. That's actually a question that comes a little bit into your story. It starts a little bit earlier than that. So basically what happened was, my questions are long, they come with stories. But what happened was, is I was watching my girlfriend do the dishes and shit, and she was bumping this Black Eyed Peas track, the I got a feeling, that shit there. And yo, when I was 21, that shit was the most fire shit in the clubs. Everybody's up there loving it. But now it's some chores music. And then I started thinking about it, asking people this question, and we got this vibe going. And we realized there's chore music that you're going to listen to. There's going to be car music and all this. But inevitably, all this club music, all this young people stuff turns into the stuff that your parents are listening to while they're doing things around you so you as a young lad your actual inception to music isn't going to be when you chose stuff it's going to be the stuff that was around you when you were young while people were doing chores while you was taking car rides or doing the this is or that or maybe there was boom boxes and parties and stuff going on so i want us to start your story proper with the music you were forced to listen to not the music that you chose to listen to not to say forced in a bad way but it really was the start of your journey well, for me, I came up around the time hip hop first started. So, you know, like, I my mother's from Inglewood, New Jersey. 
So if if give you a bit of hip hop history, that's where the Love Sugar it. Hill Gang is from. So my mother actually grew up with the first people that had the very first commercial hip hop record. So for me, um, you know, like you said, you have this music that your parents listen to around the house when it's chores and they're doing stuff and they're relaxing, which quite naturally in that time was like the Anita Bakers, the Patti LaBelle's, uh, the New Editions. But my mother used to, like when, I, when she would hear records that I would listen to, specifically this record, De La Soul used to have a record called Me, Myself, and I. And it was a sample of Parliament Funkadelic's Not Just Knee Deep. So I had that component in my household where, you know, it wasn't, you know, you get this thing where it's like, you know, with the old heads, when they're listening to some and they hear the kids listening to it, so you, oh, you don't know nothing about that. That's my generation, whereas my mother just specifically told me, well, that record that you're listening to is a Parliament and Funkadelic record that I actually have the record. Like, I, I was, I grew up listening to records, you know what I mean? I'm kind of dating myself with that. But actual records, you know, like Parliament and Funkadelic, um, you know, Barry White, all, all, all the rec the James Brown, all of the beginning of hip hop, like the records that were being sampled, that's what I was listening to in my household, you know, and yeah. and, and I was educated. I was educated on that. Like, you know, I, I, like hip hop, when I was a child, it was very sample heavy. So let, let me just ask you, let's expand on that a little bit, because I think with your dating yourself, it gives us an opportunity to discuss something like actually what music consumption was like when you were young. Right. right. And I say this because I was talking to this young 20 year old guy about his life and he's like, YouTube was the thing my whole life. So it was just yeah. his whole music exposure. So just because it could be anybody listening, walk right. us through what it's like to actually deal with records, you know? Like, what was it like in, in terms well, of just being well, in that environment? Well, first of all, well, you, <laughs> you, you had to be real delicate because you might break something, whether it was the needle, uh, the belt. Uh, and, and I actually wound up DJing. So I understood the difference between, like, belt-driven belt driven turntables, direct driven turntables, which is the Technique 1200s, which was like coveted, you know, everything so what's is the, What's the down, difference between but... that? Let's just assume I don't know what that means and you- Okay, could... so so a, a belt a belt driven, if you lift up the turntable, it's actually a belt. So just think like, a, it's like a machine. So it's like knobs and you, and you, you put the belt around the knobs and that's what's turning the record. But a, a, a direct drive is, is, it's almost like a motor. So it's, it's running, you know, it's just running a little more efficiently because it's like a machine. Okay. Um, and the, and the, the Technique 1200s were like a coveted, like that was like, if, like you started out with a belt driven like uh, Gemini's or Panasonic turntables and then you got to the Technique 1200s. That was like the, that was what the DJs had. That's what Premier had. That's what Scratch had. Anytime you've seen like a DJ competition, they had the, the 1200s. Um, which you you probably didn't have 1200 if you weren't an actual DJ. Right, right. So you had, like I said, you had to be delicate with this turntable because there were so many components to it that if you broke it, like you ruined everything. You know what I mean? Like so, uh, so in a sense, basically the twelve hundreds are just kind of bigger machines that or maybe not bigger, the 12, but they were able I mean, to handle shit better. Physically physically it's the same size, but it's a little heavier because it's okay. actual machinery inside of it. 
And like I said, usually a 1200 is only being used by a real state of the art DJ. I mean, if you had a couple dollars, you could you could get your hands on a, on some 1200s, but um most mostly like if you went to somebody's house, they had a belt driven turn. I mean, this was what we what my parents listened to. I kind of came into the era where it was like tapes and CDs, but you know, first it was you know, it was A tracks, records, tape CDs and I came on the cusp of that transition from the records. So I grew up mm. in a house where there were records. There were tons of records. So like I said, when my mother heard me listening to what was, you know, the beginning of rap, which was very sample heavy, whether it was a James Brown sample or Barry White sample, she would tell me, I have the actual record that that's sampled from. And, and I, she would go, she would say, go pick it out and we put it on a turntable. And that was actually, that's kind of what started my love for music actually. Yo, that's fresh. I just wanted to shout out uh, Preach and Kobia, who's in the chats and says he grew up using 1200s. They weren't cheap. Pro, pro DJs only, heavy as fuck. So just so you know, mm -hmm. your words are resonating with people. I'm big ups and thank you so much for sharing these knowledge nuggets with us. That's right. how we all learn. That's how we all grow. But what I really learned is that you actually had a machine that was literally required a level of delicacy, whereas most of us grew up in some shit with Gorilla Glass where you can throw it on the floor and it's all good. Right. Yeah, nah, not with them turntables. You you messed them turntables up. That was that was ass whooping. Yeah, you was you was going you was going to get beaten. Mm. So, actually, but my I... mother tells me my mother tells me that she used to have to put. I guess because I mean I just was um, this music shit is in me. It's not something that I do. It's part of, of my DNA. Right. So she said that she, that she used to have to cover the record player because I would climb up on top of it as a baby. You talking like I'm two years old climbing up and because I, I would see her playing the music so I would go and try to to cut it on but I didn't I didn't clearly I didn't know what I was doing and I was gonna break something so she would have to cover it I would climb she actually has a picture of me like climbing on top of the radio it's pretty so, dope you know I mean? that is dope man because yo I ask a lot of people about about the start of it right and to know that for you because yo you're a talented guy right I've listened to a fuck ton Thank of your you. one minutes I've listened to that track you have as your trailer I've listened to a bunch of your freestyles we listen Thank to your you. battles you are talented at literally everything you do. And I believe in Thank the you. idea that like 10,000 hours plus to perfection, right? So the fact is that Definitely. you started so Definitely. fucking young and that's trying, like it just shows yeah. in the finesse and the excellence. But what's also, yo, first of all, big ups to being a Robert Greene fan. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Robert Greene and to see you shut out his books is fucking Definitely. fire. Um, we, right. we can get to that a bit later on, but I just want y'all to know that this man has a sense of mastery. And you can see it even starting as a baby desiring the music. And that is fucking incredible, right. dude. That is something you should brag right. about for how cool it is. Um, right. I, well, you got you got to be humble a little bit. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but still, right. so you, you're surrounded by a lot of the classics. But what's super interesting is you have access to all these right. vinyls and records at your home. And you're able to get yeah. at any point into the DJ. But what's even more interesting is your musical journey really starts with the stuff that created hip hop in terms of what was sampled. So that you knew the source yeah. material right off the jump. Yeah. And this was just part of your upbringing. Yeah. So you said music was in you the whole time. When did you really get into it in some way? Was this like as a kid kid, you're already involved? Are you dancing? Like are you yeah. doing all sorts of stuff? Well, yeah, like like so like I said, well my, my my dad is from New York and my mother's from New Jersey. So when you have that setup, you're like just quite naturally back and forth across the bridge, the George Washington Bridge, for those of y'all that don't know. Um, 
and I was just exposed to like, you know, early elements, like, you know, the DJs, you know, the break dancing, the MCs. And like, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, I mean, you're just a sponge. So everything is influential, whether it's the sports, you know, the, the people in your neighborhood, the music, but the music is, is what I gravitated to the most. So, um, yeah, like I just, from young, like I'm talking about, cause I don't want to get too, you know, I, I know how these go. You got to pace yourself. So if we talking like young, I'm coming home from elementary school. I do your homework so you can watch your own TV raps and video music box. Okay. So, so I, I'm not sure if you know what video music box is. I don't, was, but it, I do know what Yo MTV Raps is. But I think for the whole world, we need to know what Video Music Box is. And for these moments, I want you to just bridge that gap and share those knowledge nuggets. All right, so, so Video Music Box in New York, tri-state area, they used to have a show on cable access. It was hosted by Ralph McDaniels. And it was just basically, it was like, it was, it was, it was essentially like uh, Yo MTV Raps. But or it was on cable access. So you had Ralph McDaniels. He would be like, he's hosting it. And he'll play a video. And then like he might be in a club. Like whatever club was, was popping in New York at the time. Or like at a, at a record release party for whoever. For Chub Rock. For Nice okay. and Smooth. For like, I'm talking about like that far back. Um, It was actually a Houdini record that was the intro. Uh, rest in peace to... to, to homie that just died from Houdini, but it was, um, like, dun, 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 dun. I forgot the name of the record, but that was, that was how it used to come on. And Ralph McDaniels, he would, since he was a New York show, like it catered, it catered to New York rap, which at that time was like the pinnacle of hip hop. And, um, I just remember I was just, I was, I was just fascinated by specifically Big Daddy Kane. Okay. Because it was just like, like, I just felt like he was, you could hear how intelligent he was through his lyrics. And I was just like, yo, like, he's saying something. He's being clever about it. He's being witty about it. And for those of y'all that don't know, like, Big Daddy Kane was Jay-Z's mentor. So okay. that you, wittiness. I didn't even that know that. Yeah, that, that like, like, when Big Daddy Kane was, like, at the height of his career, like he used to bring Jay Z out in the middle of his show and let him kick a freestyle. So, so the wittiness that you hear in Big Daddy, the wittiness that you hear in Jay Z, he got a lot of it from Kane. And I'm I'm just fascinated by how smooth and charismatic this guy was. And it's like he's making this shit rhyme, and he's 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 on beat. Like I I'm saying like I'm like six seven years old. And I'm fascinated by this. Like I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about becoming a rapper at this time because it's so, it's so far fetched, and in terms of like the skill set, and I don't even know how to go about doing it at this point. You know, like I just know that I'm fascinated by how charismatic and talented this guy is, and like the girls liked him. You know, like I said, I come from Big that. Big facts. Yeah, you I know, think... like. The, it, I don't think just, people it, know he did that photo shoot with Madonna and all that stuff also. Right. Like like and, and so now now you gotta understand, like this is this is the this is the eighties. So we're still like like in terms of like black and white, 
Like you don't even see that shit. Like let alone the okay. The, like like I mean Madonna. Like like for 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 lack of a better term, like she she got around, but we didn't understand that as children. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like like wow, like this girl is the the top of 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 pop pop culture at this point, and she's doing a shoot with Big Daddy Kane. Like that that's crazy. But that's that just goes to show you that's where rap can take you. Yo, that's nuts, man. I'm so grateful you shared this. Basically, anything like this that you want to share, my audience is going to love. Everyone watching this is going to love. And you're going to sound up doing it. So thank you for already doing exactly what the fuck this show is. You're perfect. You're the greatest guest. Let me not that. I'm going to say that <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, but in this moment, you're my favorite guest. And I really sincerely mean that. This is an amazing experience. Plus, kudos on the fucking fly kicks. I recently discovered <laughs> that fly kicks are an important thing. And so that's what my girlfriend's uh, present is. Is going to be like her first pair of like fly ass kicks. So that's what's going down. Yeah, no, that, that's... that's that's just part that's that's part of the culture you know that's you know so you was gotta, fashion you like stay. important to you when you were young actually let's oh, talk about that definitely because i mean i'm i'm like i said i don't just i don't rap like i live this i couldn't stop rapping if i try i tried to stop Love rapping it. so it's the, this part of the culture is it's just the fashion so it's you know i mean you, like i said if, we, if we're going back that far it's the b-boy fashion and the b-boy fashion if you like let's just break down like like Do one it. dmc like with the gold chains and the fedoras and the leather jackets like no sneakers and the laces um that's that's urban culture because when you come home from jail when you go to jail you got to take your laces out your sneakers so when you come home from jail like you you in such a rush to get out the door like nobody's putting their sneakers and their laces so one day a guy was coming home from jail and, and they saw that he had no sneakers in his in his lace no no laces in his sneakers and um and they just ran with it. So the the street culture like like when I was like they'll they'll tell you like you know like I come up around street shit, you know, and everybody'll tell you like it was it was the rappers trying to be like the street dudes. And then, you know, eventually it all just merged into one. Uh, but but yeah, yeah it's the mad fashion, interesting what you just said. No, it's just that's that's the truth. But the, the fashion, the fashion, the hip hop. All right, to make it plain and simple, hip hop fashion in new in terms of New York City comes from drug dealers, because drug dealers were ones in in the eighties that had the money that could really afford to do. Like when you talk about like Dapper Dan, and you know like people like we wear designer shit because that's what they could afford and you know so when you like if you talk to people like like there's like like they got their they got their look from from the dudes in the streets and those was the drug dealers so you know me seeing that early on like i always that's a standard like we come from the inner city where we might not have the the, the nicest house or or or, or, or the, a good credit score so your fashion is speaking for for your, Yo. your stats are in the neighborhood. Yo, what you just said is is like a real knowledge nugget. So sometimes a guy like me, let's say a white middle class dude, even though I grew up poor and shit, it's all Montreal, so it's a very right. different reality, right? So sometimes That's where the I wrestler, guess, what what wrestlers is from out there? Uh, fucking what's his name? The the one that got stricken from the record. 
the the one who killed everybody. What's oh, he his killed name? his family. Uh, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, from, uh, yeah. Montreal. Uh, there's okay. probably more. I'm not 100. percent but no, I think I, I he, think I think it's a lot. Like the the Hart family's not from out there. I don't think they're from there, but I think the Montreal screw job went down, and that's where a lot of people connected because that's when uh, Bret Hart got pu- punches Vince in the face, and that whole right. situation goes down. So I know that Montreal has that moment, and I'm pretty sure that on t- Canada in general has people like Edges from Can- uh, from Quebec, uh, Ontario, and right. a couple of other people are. I mean, I watched it for a minute, yo. I was like fucking heavy into it for a quick minute until Jeff yeah, Hardy it's a, it's won. A, it's a lot of it's a lot of wrestlers from Canada. Ooh, Chris lot. Jericho is also from Canada. Shout out, Cool okay. Man Logan. So yeah, um, yeah, I like I don't know, I like it. I like the art of wrestling, right? And there's a lot of right. parallels between the art of wrestling and the art of hip hop if you want to make Definitely. those connections, which is fucking amazing. Definitely. But uh yo, what you just taught me though was something that honestly I've been so confused with the fashion thing. Cause yo, for me, I'm the kind of guy that honestly will dress the fuck down. Honestly, I'll wear the Walmart shits, I don't give a shit. I've never really cared that much for fashion. But as I'm trying to embrace the culture more and understand it more, certain things just end up puzzling because you don't relate to the life at all. You you can't connect to it. So when I hear somebody like you explain to me that fashion is a way to floss wealth because there literally is no other things, but then you add in eighty years of redlining tactics and educational divisions and everything else that goes into the system and you had that right. knowledge to back it up, you're like Oh fuck! I'm just yeah. being an asshole for even thinking a thing about this shit. No, like, yo, no, imagine... that's, just, that's that's just cult, like culturally, like our neighborhood. Like, like it's funny. Like, um, I listen to Bill Burr. Um, he's a a, a comedian from out here, and he said that he's he's white, and he said that he was, he had this uh, a, a part of his set where he came out and he said, "Yo, y'all like my clothes? Like, I, I'm matching my clothes with my sneakers." because I've been hanging out with these black guys all week and these guys got endless supplies of, of, of clothes and sneakers and they all match. And he's like, and, and he said, and if like, if Friday comes and I'm wearing the same shirt that I wore on Monday, these guys are going to start counting my clothes. Like, yo, this guy's only got five shirts. So that's like, that's the standard that we're, where we're from. It's like, I mean, you, and and your household might not be the best. You might not have food in your refrigerator, but it's like, if you look good, which is, is as we mature, we understand that that's not really what it's about, but that's what was implemented in us at a young age. So it's like, yo, you got to be fresh. You have to, you got to be. The sneakers, the hats, the clothes, the haircuts, it just, I mean, down to your socks, your underwear, like, <laughs> for real. I mean, I really just thank you for sharing that, man, because I really do, and I say this sincerely, you actually deepen my understanding of hip-hop culture a little bit with that explanation, and I'm certain that there are other people watching who are going to feel the same way. So, man, I just appreciate it. This is incredible. We haven't even gotten out of your childhood, and we fucking already shared right. so much shit, dog. This is a great right. interview so far to me, at least. Having a great time. Thank you for making my Saturday blessed. We're not even allowed to leave our apartments and go anywhere in Montreal. Non-essentials, right. everything's fucking like lockdown so thank you for making our shit lady up on our side of things um no doubt so were you into dancing at all were you into graffiti what kind of stuff oh, like yeah. that were you into when I, you were young I, I wasn't uh i was into dancing but it, it like I, I i i it was a point in my life where i did dance but then as you get a little older and you start to venture out into the clubs uh you want to be aware of your surroundings so I just, it got to the point where if I was dancing, 
uh, I didn't know what was going on around me. Mm. So I stopped, I stopped dancing. But when you were yeah. young, you were into it? When I was young, yeah. Like I, I actually, I moved to Maryland as a teenager. So, um, okay, so let's, let's, like, let's move back a little bit. We'll get to that, but I right, feel yeah, like, right, right. I, like, all right, let's move just, back in just, the story. But, yeah. But just period, like, like, I mean, I don't come from like, like I never was like outside break dancing or no shit like that. But okay. as I, as, as I got old, like I, I used to really like to dance. I used to be in the house practicing how to dance. And, and Yo, <laughs> this is some shit where like, if, if my homies see this, they're going to fucking clown me about it. Cause it's not, it's not cool to do it now. But when we, when I was younger, yeah, because once again, Big Daddy Kane had backup dance. Like hip hop early on, hey. it, it, it was, it was the rapper. It was the DJ and there were backup dancers and, and Kane, Kane used to dance with his, with his, with his backup dancers. So you had Scoob and Scrap. Scoob and Scrap was Kane's backup dancers. So it was kind of cool to be able to dance when I was a kid. But then when I got into teenage years and I started to go out, I, okay. I, I, I would rather be more aware of my surroundings than just dancing. So I got like one question before your teenage years. It's kind of the start of it. So that's why I wanted to like roll it back a bit because I want to like skip right. ahead. Um, right. Thank you, man. This is lit. Um, also, you said you weren't that into graffiti when you were young. Just to like, nah, I can't, I, can't, I can't draw for shit. Yeah, I'm terrible at drawing. But were you like around the graffiti peoples at all? Like, because I, I realize that's a part of it in the culture. Yeah, it's a, it's a part of it. But like, if you're not like, I was so fascinated with rap. And, mm. and then, like I said, like, and this is in the beginning. I was fascinated with rap, so I was I was worried about getting around the rap to to become a better rapper. Okay. You know what I mean? So as far as graffiti, um, I don't know if it's because I'm left-handed or or what, but I'm just terrible. Like I'm like stick figures. Like I can't draw for shit. So I, if 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 I would have been interested in it, I'm pretty sure I could have found my way into that circle. But I just wasn't I wasn't interested in it. I appreciate that. So let's move into like the next main question. And I don't know when it is, but we've found on this channel so far that usually it's around puberty, but this is when it starts, it stops being like what your parents are listening to and what's around you to, I like this. This is like my identity through music. And usually it's around puberty. So I'm wondering if you remember the moment slash the song that got you to go, this is it. This is my shit and less of your parents. And when that took place and a little bit about that moment. Well, for me, because, you know, music is generational, like you said. So for me, since hip hop was so new, hip hop was ours to begin with because we were the youth okay. of that time. Um, you know, I come from like, like, it's not like, and I can't even just say hip hop. Like, we just got to talk about, because I said Yo! MTV raps, but just let's just say MTV. MTV was new for, for us, for everybody, for the world. But we were we were the kids, so this is kind of what it was geared to. So before even rap, uh, so, so put it like this. There was a period in my life, I didn't even listen to rap. I listened to nothing but, but, but heavy metal. I listened to nothing but Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. Because, okay, without Yo! TV Raps, 
hip hop wasn't programmed into television. Hip hop was just supposed to be a fad. Like I come from the era where hip hop is, oh, that's cool. It's not going to be much. And it's a billion dollar industry now. Multi-billion dollar industry. Yo, but that's huge, man. Like, do you know what you just said to us? Because, yo, a lot of people sometimes get into these boxes where they don't really like to look outside their lane. But, yo, listen, I hear what you're doing today. you excellent at your craft. But I've noticed a lot right. of these cats that are along the way from not to age you or anything, but from your era, they're all excellent at their craft. And one of the key things they have in common is this kind of exposure to shit like MTV controlling the distribution of music and hip-hop well, being well, new. I, I think, I think but it also want to... Whether people want to admit it or not, like, like if you wanted to watch a rap video, you had to wait for it to come on. So you're going to see some Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're going to see Metallica. You're going to see L7, Sonic Youth, these bands that, I mean, it's good music. It was good music. But that's so. what I love about it because that's where I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand it in the modern way of looking at things is that there's a difference between like maybe sticking to your thing and just acknowledging that there's good music all over. And the fact that your mind got so open, so young, right. I think leads to you being a more open-minded person today. Like there is a world outside of your purview, right? Like I had an experience where for lack yep. of a better term, I went to a black high school. So I got exposed to things that typically a guy like me wouldn't like, you know, I'm listening to Beanie Man in 2003. Like this isn't like stuff that I, I think a right. lot of people my age would have done actually where I come from. But like it ended up uh, just being right. like that. So I can appreciate the power that it has in an impact on your life later on to have that kind of musical exposure. And I find it like a common theme of people right. I end up talking to is that they are open minded to music beyond it. So thank you again for sharing that because, you know, you look at your world it's so hip hop. So to hear you be like Metallica, or Red Hot Chili Peppers, man, yeah, it's no, just that, fucking that's dope, the, dude. That's, that's the that's the funny thing. Like they, Like my friends, they say like, it's crazy that I'm the one that became a rapper because there was like a period in my life I didn't listen to rap at all. Like, like, um, like I said, it was just like Wu Tang. No, no, I'll scale it back. Like, you had the the Megadeth, the Metallica, the Molly. Like, you had to watch MTV all day to see a rap video. So by the time you see a rap video, you've seen twenty heavy metal songs, and then there's Headbangers Ball, which they just it just come from a different walk of life. Um, but they're, they're the outcasts, they're the rebels in their world. So at the end of the day, um, I was into it, but by the time, like, like Biggie, Nas and Wu-Tang came around, like, how could I not listen to that? You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> how old I, you? So I, you were in high I was, at that point? Um, no, I was still, I was still in middle school. I was still young. You know what I mean? Um, I was very young. So you talk, like, I'm talking about like gangsta. It's the crazy part is like. Like, I went to this, my mother sent me to a Catholic school where I was the only black kid in there. And okay. I'm the only black kid in there, but the the group of people that I hung out with, they were all Filipino because they were the other minorities. And they all listened to rap. They all listened to rap. So I started listening to rap again because I got around them. And it was this was like Gangstar, uh... Like I said, Wu Tang, Nas, and it like like I just I just got back into rap that way, and and then it was just like but like I I I was fascinated with the art form from the beginning, you know. Okay. It wasn't just a um like a fad to me. It wasn't a fad. I it was just everything about it. Like I said, when I talk about Kane, like down to his from his haircut 
to his jewelry to his fashion before he even opens his mouth he's an icon to me yeah hold up can we just pause there because you just shared another knowledge nugget for people so I fucked up a lot in my life. I'm watching some of my old footage from back in the day, and I'm wearing suits and shit that don't fit. And now I'm really thinking, like, what did that do to me? Did, did, it, maybe that was the reason that a lot of people didn't want to fuck with me. Because while I didn't care about that, and I know that there are people out there who don't care about this, right? It's just, I know a lot of y'all, it's inherent. It's part of your culture. But a guy like me, look, man, I sometimes have to remember, oh, fuck, yeah, I got to shave. You know, like, I don't even know. I, I don't even remember if I shaved before I actually did this. I'm not even going to lie. And I know it's terrible. This is just me being honest with you because I appreciate what you're sharing because it's a lesson right. for me to know, yo, presentation matters, right? And the better that right. you make yourself look, that first impression, before you even spit a bar, it's like an album cover. Before you even hear the right. record, the album cover. So if you don't try on that cover, nobody's even right. going to click on it. So right. the fact that you're sharing this with us, uh, Matt, is bigger than exactly. just your stories. Is real knowledge nuggets that you are passing on to the world. And I appreciate you for that. No doubt. Um, anyhow, sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to make sure everybody understood so what you just said to all of us. But when did you, okay, so were you, when did you actually start going, yo, I'm going to do this shit. I'm going to be a rapper. I'm going to make this happen. How old were you when that moment happened in your life? And do you remember that moment? <laughs> I, I remember. I remember my, my my the first time I wrote a rap. Um, I must have been like twelve. I was probably like twelve, and it was so bad. It was. Do you remember terrible. it though? Yeah, I remember it. I don't even want to say it, but it was bad. Okay. It was it was that bad. It, I I said, <laughs> and it was a little bit of wordplay in it, but I was young, and I let my sister hear it, and she just bust out laughing like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, that, that doesn't even exist in your life." Hold on, like, I'm gonna stop you. I, I, I I'm gonna stop I you right it. there for a second, Bones, real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there because that's not a good gauge. You know where we come from. Our families and our sisters, our siblings, it's like they're trained right. to shit all over right. our lives whenever <laughs> right. we're right. doing something. So right. it's not a good gauge, you know what I mean? No, that's a yeah. that, that that's a fact, but but it was just like I remember like I remember the rhyme. Like I said, I said, My dick is in your ear, so I know you hear me coming. When I pull out my Glock, you better start running. Cause I'm controversial like that whole Madonna. I'll make your empire fall like Tony Montana. Uh, and she was just like, what the fuck hold are on, you hold talking on. about? Can I cut you off there? Your sister was ragging on you, but you just wrote better bars than some 40 year old men I know. At your like youth, okay? Right. So I just want you to know that in your soul, that you, cause let's, let's all add it. Yo, my girlfriend just said she loved it, dude. Okay, that's what just happened in the chat right now. Let me tell you, know, people like it, dog. Your sister ragged on you, but we're all like, yo, that's 13-year-old, 12-year-old you. Nobody's judging it like a grown man. Yeah. We all going, holy shit, he's dropping bars at 12. This makes total sense that yeah. he became Bronze Brigante that crushes battle rap right. and all this other shit. So I want you to know for the rest of your life, that was actually fire and you should share that shit with people because it's going to make you look well, good. I'm yeah, you should, you, should, you should definitely not feel ashamed. Like, bro, my first bar, my first rhymes is some real, uh, uh, like, Sugar Hill Gang type of a tribute to the players. Me and Fog, like, that is my <laughs> beginning rhyme. 
Horrible. You know what Dude, I mean? in high school, I was writing the most there. emo, ridiculous, like embarrassing, like a river turns red from a blow to the head. Like I was writing that shit at one point <laughs> in my life. Okay, so just remember that you don't have that going on. You have some shit that holds up today, and I get to sound like a My Chemical Romance song in my teenage shit. You know what I'm saying? You sound <laughs> right. great, dog. Well, yeah, but that was that was the first time I wrote, and. Uh, well, basically, I grew up playing basketball. So, at some point, like, there was a shift where I understood in basketball that you don't have to be born good at basketball. Like, you could practice and become good because, like I, I, like, I I, was, okay, I was good. And I grew up playing with people that were great. Like, I, I grew up playing with, 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 with a few cats that made it to the NBA, specifically, um, because I told you I moved to Maryland. So, like, um, Carmelo, uh, I, I played with Keith Bogans one time. Uh, uh, and Hold on, I just, did you just casually name good, drop that you played basketball with famous people? That's I cool. mean, it's... It's, it's, really, it's, it's cool. It, listen, <laughs> it's, it, it is what it is, but I mean, I, I'm not... I'm not in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? So, so clearly there was, a, there was cool, a, a disparity in the skill set. But, but no, but, but I just understood that, like, Yo, shout out like, DJ Blaster in the was, chat. Like, I would get, Sorry, go I would get discouraged because I wasn't as good as some of the people that I was playing with, and then it would be like, I would play all summer long, and and then come back, and and I could I could I could I would be better, so I just kind of understood the practice makes perfect thing and then mastery that's when that's when i, I kind of realized that i could put that into rap and i could become better and and i that's just what i did like like for years like at different points in my life different different ways and and at different time periods and different locations um yeah like it's just it's just any anything you do like it I mean, you could really be like terrible at something, like bad, bad. And if you keep doing it, like you're gonna make strides in it. I don't, I don't, I can't guarantee you like fame and fortune will come out of it, but you could be bad, like bad, bad. But if you do something every day for at least a half hour to, to two hours, you're gonna get better at it. Yo, I hear, I hear Robert Green. I hear it happening as you're spitting that shit, dog. I hear it right now. Yeah, well, I, I actually, like I said, I, I even underst I understood that specifically because I don't want to jump too far ahead. Nah, but, but I'm like, saying that's how powerful what you're saying is. I, look, Robert Greene is my favorite author. That right. guy to me has his finger on the pulse. I've read five of his books cover to cover, okay? I, right. I haven't read Mastery. I read them all but Mastery, but after a that's while, That's actually kinda... the only one that I read all the way through. For me, it was 48 Laws of Power because I saw on the internet that rappers read it after going to jail and shit. Right, so I'm like right. a geeky white kid and I'm like, fuck it. I got to read that book. It looks interesting. But it was the first book of a reading quest that I'm now 90 books deep into. So it was fucking a great book for me. And I actually really believe what you're saying because everything about my life is that I'm not good at anything. I'm just a guy who knows how to get better at things. And that's and that, really and that's, what I think yeah, you're that's saying. All, that's, that, that's all that matters. That's just the journey through life. Like nobody, because I used to, I used to think that, because like I said, I started out with basketball. So I used to think you had to be born good because there are people that are born good. 
You know what I mean? But then, like I said, through trial and error, through me just like, specifically the summers, because that's what they say. Those are when great basketball players are made. So I'm going away for the summer to a basketball camp or I'm playing on this summer league team and I'm practicing all summer and I'm, I'm getting better. And I'm like, oh, so you don't have to be born good. You could get better at this. Mm. And it's like, I hit, you know, 16, 17. And it's like, okay, you're not going to, to Duke or North Carolina like you wanted to, but you can become a better rapper from now. And, and that's just what I did. So yeah. Can I just tell you a story of my own? Because I really love what you're sharing here. So I had a similar moment, but only I was about 12 or 13. I'm five foot seven, dude. But I was like 12, white guy at a black high school, and I wanted to play basketball. I had no right. idea what I was signing up for. I show up to the tryouts, and according you to never, the guy- You never played at all? Nah, I just wanted oh. to do it, because I'm 12, yeah, that's bad. and I just went to a school. <laughs> I actually wore my shorts inside out on the first day of tryouts. That's how fucking awkward <laughs> I was as a teenager. It is what it is. Now, I went to Wager. So anybody in Montreal knows what the fuck I just said, and it adds an extra element for those people. But this was like the best basketball team at the time in Montreal's high school league, okay? I show up. Right. I get cut. I don't even stand. I'm gone. I'm <laughs> the first guy off the fucking list. But you know what happened? I said I'm never going to play basketball right. I'm, it's not for me. It's not. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. I could. So it's not the same as your story there. But I ended up pivoting to lyrics and things and starting a journey that would lead to this very moment here. So what I love about right. what you shared with us is at the same time you went through this experience, you got better, you learned about improvement, but you also hit this moment where you recognized maybe this this thing that I love isn't the one for me. But there's this other thing that I love that I could pursue yeah. that is the one for me. And that thing right. is a powerful fucking lesson that you shared. That is a powerful knowledge nugget. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah, it, it just, and it just, I mean, that's just life. You you learn through, through trial and error and it just gave me the discipline, you know, because like I've never, I've never, like I've never walked in to like an elite basketball environment and been, one of the best like it was like okay he's okay but like the tutelage that i got from basketball i've been able to walk into rap environments and it'd be like yo that guy is a fucking problem and it comes from you know just just understanding what basketball that practice makes perfect i respect that so what so it's about the end of high school then that you can say that you pivot from basketball uh literally literally you you nailed it on the head literally I got kicked out of high school, my senior year of high school, and I was fucking like I I did virtual learning before that shit was even a thing. I did. Okay. I, I, well, hold up. Can you talk about that? That's a fucking great clickbaity moment that we could discuss. That's actually super interesting to me. Well, I want to hear I, about I got, young you virtual learning. I got well. It wasn't virtual. I, I literally it was. I literally my mother had to go to the school and get my. Uh, Essentially, what happened was I got kicked out of school. I got in too much trouble. I got in a bunch of fights, and I was just like a little, a mischievous little little guy. Um, and essentially, my my grandfather had a friend that knew somebody at the border edge. So they basically said, "Okay, you can either come back next year, or you could finish school from home." And I'm like, "All right," I'm telling my mother, "Like, I'm gonna come back next year." I'm just gonna play basketball. I'm gonna be a year older, so I'll have an advantage. And my mother was like, you're not sitting around here for a year not doing shit. Like, you're gonna finish school from home. So she used to have to go to the school and get all my work. 
she would go to the school once a week to get my work and they would tell her that that the teachers didn't have anything they didn't have anything and at the end of the year they gave me all of my schoolwork and i had to finish it so it wow. sucked yeah, Hold it up. Sucked. You, it, would you, you know what you just share with us that's some bullshit that you share first of all shout out your moms that's some real shit and why i love that you shared that because a lot of getting back to that i'm super white from montreal shit i don't necessarily appreciate what a black mother actually has to go through in this kind of an environment so that's right. another layer of extra that you added and share with the world but secondarily how fucked up is that let's talk I about mean, that it, for a it, second it, it, that it, sounds it, like some systemically fucked up but i'm not trying to go there with like language it's just what, what, yo it's no, fucking no, fucked up essentially it, it is but it, it taught me early on that life isn't fair and and like i could have used that as an excuse i did all the work but because everything happens for a reason because in this time i'm home every night i have absolutely nothing to do and i'm writing rhymes every night but this yeah is, this know, is when this is when I decide I'm going to be a rapper. And I appreciate that. I just wasn't expecting you to say that the school system fucked you over in an inexcusable way. Sorry, that kind of shit, like, it's like when you hear it, you're like, wow. It happens, though. It, that's it, some but real it, it, shit. It was, it, was, it was a blessing in disguise because, I mean, I would have been a rapper regardless, but that was what gave me my start. Like, I don't, everything happens for a reason. When I look back at my life and how everything, like, everything fits like a puzzle piece. Like, it's never like, well, well, why did that happen to me? I, I I get it. Like it happened. It all happened for a reason. Man, I love the way that you're flipping it and that your perspective on it, and the way that you're taking a moment in your mind and turning it around is actually something that we should all aim and strive to do because it is how you make the most of yes. the moments. I still was a little right. shocked to hear that that happened because I could tell you if that shit went down here, it would be like a scandal. I don't know if the scandal would result in anything, nah, but it would certainly it was, be a scandal. Was, but but wait, I gotta but listen, but I gotta because this, here's a point where I gotta take responsibility because if I would have been doing what I was supposed to do in school, I would have never been in that position. But here's the thing. They still you know offered you this arrangement and then they reneged on their offer to fuck you. That's what happened in my opinion. They only when I hear they, that. They, they they but they offered it, they but but had I not done what I did, I would have never been but in you're that young, position. Dog. I feel like it's ridiculous to put that kind of shit on youth. Like it's a lot to put on. Nah, you, I, 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 I take it, I take it all in stride. It, it all worked out. And, and nah, I believe. No, so I'm not debating that. I, it may have been the best thing for you. I dropped out of university. It was the best thing for me. I'm not saying right. that. I'm still saying that. Like at a bigger conversation level, these are the kinds of things that maybe people don't know happen that tell people to go in different life trajectories that don't make sense to them. Cause there's a lot of people that don't realize that. Like, listen, when I was in high school, they actually took a lot of guys who were not going to graduate and told them to drop out and start adult ed. Just don't do it. Just drop out now halfway through the year. And so like, when you look at my grad pick, there's not a lot of males left in this picture. It's a lot of females and there's like 11 dudes or some shit. And that's fucking I'd, weird I'd, when I'd, you really I'd, think I'd, about I'd it. I love that. That, that, that minute all the hoes was at the school. They, they cut out the competition for you. All the girls yes. was at the school. I had I was not very good at that life back in the day. I had to learn that later in life. It is what it is. Oh, okay. But it was still like when you think about this kind of shit and then you think about this kind of because yo, I went to a lower income school at the end of the day. So right. like, to me there's kinda like looking at it, why were they pushing that like that? You know, there was not even an effort made to like redeem them. It was like, ah, you kinda suck, get the fuck out. That was the impression that it came off to me at least as a youth. Anyhow, um, not to like really dwell there. I just think it's really good to talk about this kind of stuff as well as all the funner stuff, such as your music, which we can pivot back to because it's, you know, a good right. thing. Um, 
Uh, basically, uh, so you start rapping then outside of high school. Tell us about the beginning about that. Tell us how it all fucking works for you now that you're in this moment where you decided this is your craft. What comes next for you? Also, are you like recording shit or performing before here in high school? Like, are you fucking around with that no, kind of stuff? No, 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 no. Because at this point, like, I'm still... I don't even know where the fuck to go. I just know, like, if I write every night, I'm going to get better. Okay. So... So, okay, so that whole year, I'm in the house. I had a friend of mine that, like, Carmelo used to look up to this dude. He was a, he was a, he was a basketball player from my neighborhood. And, um, like, I even saw Carmelo last summer, and he asked me about my friend Davon. So, basically, um, Davon, one night, we was, we, was in a, we was in our neighborhood. It was the summertime, so everybody was outside. He popped the e pill, and he just was freestyling the whole fucking night. He was freestyling the whole night, and he was like, he was a funny dude. So he was, he was just dissing everybody, but but he was rapping. Like I said, like so now, this is the same thing that that I saw Kane that I was fascinated by, and I'm seeing a friend of mine do the exact same thing, but he's everything is off the head with him, right? So. Like, like everybody, like, like you get it. Cause it's one thing to joke, but like everybody can't rap. So how do you, how do you combat somebody that's, that's joking you and rapping? And, you know, he has status because he's a basketball player. So basically, um, I had a rap. I, I saw, so I had all my raps. I had a ton of raps in all honesty, but I didn't have them memorized, but I had one rap that I knew, so this is like, this is like early 2000s. So this is like Snoop Crip walking shit. And I said, everybody was like, yo, like, yo, yo, you gotta know how to rap, yo. Like, like, like you, you from up top. So you gotta know how to rap. So I'm like, like little do these guys know, like I've been writing for months and months and I got some raps. So I said, I I, I don't even remember, like it, it's crazy now that I think about it because this is like, like when we write battle raps, it's like you write like set up, set up, set up, punchline. I don't even remember the whole fucking rhyme, but I just remember like Snoop was crip walking like crazy at the time. That's like when a crip walk craze was 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 going around and I just said if it's beef we skip talk I bust shots at your feet and make you do the crip walk and everybody in the neighborhood went crazy and it was the first time I got a reaction off of my raps like I'm talking about like I, I specifically remember the girl he was messing with the look on her face was like yo and I'm like <laughs> I got so fucking spooked, I couldn't even remember the rest of my rhymes. And this kid could freestyle. So then I started trying to freestyle with him and it just, it wasn't working. <laughs> but ironically, he was my friend. He was my friend. It wasn't like we were, we didn't like each other. He was my friend. So from there, we got up every day and me and him used to write rhymes together every day. And then, um, you know, just like anything in life, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, people, they just grow apart. 
But I just said, I, from that moment on, when I got that reaction, I just set out on my journey. And that's when I started finding places to record and, and open mics to perform at and just right. sharpening so my let's, sword. Let's actually stop there. Tell us, like, expand on each of these things. What's it like to be looking for shit to record? How, how do you go about that? Like, I can tell you what it's like in Montreal in 2012, but what's it like to be, like, that guy? And how did you get started? Like, how did you actually find these things? All right, well, the first thing, I had a friend of mine that um he had went to jail when we was kids, like a juvenile detention center. So when he came home, they put him, like, in his, in his placement where... It was like a program for him where he had his own apartment and they helped him find jobs or put him in school, whatever it was that he wanted to do to kind of set him up for, for success in life. And a lady, he had, so, all right. So he went to jail when I was like 17. So by the time he comes home, like this is, this is the time period where I got kicked out of school and I'm rapping. So he comes home and I'm like, yo, I know how to rap now. And he's like, all right, well, let me hear you rap. You know, this is my, it's my boy. We hanging out every day. He live around the corner from me, all of that. Um, so it was a lady in his program that knew somebody that had a studio. So she was just basically telling him, he was telling her like, yo, my boy could rap. And she came to hear me rap and she called the guy who had the studio, and he's like, well, I'm working on this and I'm working on that, so I, I can't really take on any new artists right now. And she just kept, like, being persistent, like, no, like, this kid is talented. Like, he's kind of, he, he's, he, he, he's got it, you know what I mean? So one day when she called him, he was like, well, I'm not far from where y'all are at. I'm about to have a meeting, so bring him, bring him over here. So he, she, she took me to the meeting with that he was having with these guys, and she's, he's like, yeah, I just keep hearing stuff about you. So like, like it, this, this is like, this is not like now where it's like, a, a kid knows how like to record and it's Pro Tools and a laptop, and it's like, yo, let me hear you rap right now. Like, fuck all that. Let me hear your song. What's your SoundCloud? How many followers you got? Let me hear you rap right now. You know okay. what I mean? And That's I. Big. I rapped and I, 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 he was impressed. So he was, it was funny. Like <laughs> he was like, yo, he told the dudes he was having a meeting with, like, he was like, yo, we got to wrap this up, yo. So he fucking, and, and he just, he took me straight to the studio. He took me straight to the studio and it, it, the, the studio that he had, it was like, a, um, it was like the setup was like in the house. But it was like it was like some it was like almost like some reality show shit where like it was just mad rappers that lived in this fucking house and that kind of like that was where I like I used to sharpen my sword because at the time I was Oof, I was I like how you said that sharpen your sword yeah. Oof. my my channel yeah, like, icon because, is a sword yeah because it. now now I had people to be around like I like I I was just in my room rapping like you know hoping that my my shit sounded good. But now I had people to test my shit with. So there's like nine rappers in this house. This is this is Baltimore, Maryland. This is the east side of Baltimore, down the hill. Like, like the gutter. Like, this is like, like the wire type of shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, I got people that I could 
like every time I go down there, I know I gotta have some bars because these motherfuckers, they're gonna have bars. And and there's like Baltimore is not really uh, like a, like where the spitters are from. Like Baltimore is like the northernmost southern city, but it's like still like they listen to like Gucci Man and Three Six Mafia, and I wasn't listening to that shit. Like I was listening to like like I was a kid that had all the Clue tapes, and but these kids could really rap, so I had to make sure that my shit was was on point specifically a kid named Wink down there who at the time was a lot younger than me, but he was fucking dead nice. So I was like, man, like this kid, like we, like we used to have to sneak him in the club because he wasn't even old enough to get inside the club. He had fucking school in the morning, but, um, I just wanted to be nice. I always wanted to be dead nice. Like I just wanted to be nice. So like that shit is a status symbol where I'm from. Like for real. Hmm. I like that. You know what I like about what you shared is because I'm trying to find common patterns. One of the things that actually Robert Greene does, I'm going to go back to him because you put him on my mind and I actually have a Robert Greene book right there that you can't see. Um, but he right. actually compares historical figures and looks for the common things that expand upon a core and central theme. So <clears throat> when right. I'm looking for greatness and I consider you greatness, I don't know what numbers say, whatever. That's not important. You are greatness that I'm talking to right now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I I'm love it, dude, there. man. I'm really impressed with though. you. Is it is, man? I learned. I from, you know what it. I learned from you? Let me tell you what I learned from you, just so you know, I'm not full of shit. A compliment should be specific and accurate, so you know it's real. I looked at your Instagram, right. and I, I'm a I'm a UX guy, user experience. So I actually care about certain things. Now I right. found that you lined up your whole Fragrance Fridays things on the left hand side for me. Right. I didn't really notice it at first, but I found it right. so convenient to go down like that. And then I exactly. looked at my Instagram, and it's a fucking mess. It looks yeah, like I don't right, care. Right. And your shit looks like you do care. So when I say I'm talking to brilliance, I'm saying I already learned shit I can take away from you before I talk to you that I right. can apply to it. But what you right. taught us all here is the power of competition in like a positive kind of way. It's not gotta, like you necessarily. Have it. You it's gotta not have it. Because it's so easy. It's so easy for you to get threatened by that level of competition. Like think about how you said when you went to the basketball tryout. Like if you yeah, didn't go good for me, <laughs> yeah, right. But it's so so it's so easy to be threatened by that level of competition Ooh. and say fuck this, I don't want to do it no more. But if you because you didn't even realize how much time you had. Like like how old were you when you went to that? Twelve. You were fucking twelve. So if you if you put in five years at that point, which you can't gauge it at that time because five years at 12 sounds like a long time, but it's not long at all. So by the time you're fucking 17, even if you're not elite, if you're not an elite basketball player, you're still a good player. Yeah. But, but Do y'all see what he you, did there? He fucking paid attention and flipped my own story on me to make his point happen. This guy does not lose arguments to women, and that's what I just learned about Bones Brigante. That's the trick to winning an argument with a woman. That's what I know right now. <laughs> there, there might, there's some truth to that. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I want you to know. That's amazing, dude. Thank you for again sharing like that. Um, so let's go back to your story a bit. So you basically camping around. You learning. You sharpening your sword and shit. 
what right. is the elevation point or what's interesting going on there so it's cool that you shared that too right because honestly it's not that different than today you still have to find a friend that hooks you up and teaches you some shit and that's just the facts right. of the game networking is fucking cute um right. so yo definitely tell us what comes next then in the story all right so i'm in baltimore I'm like, I'm trying, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I barely graduated high school. I'm in community college. I I, I want to be a rapper at this point. Um, and when I say in community college, I'm enrolled. I'm not taking these classes seriously at all. Like I'm I'm not taking anything serious at this time. I guess the closest you could say that I was taking things serious was probably rap, but I even knowing what I know now, I wasn't taking that as serious as I needed to take it. Um, That's fair, though. We're all young. I, I, I meet my daughter's mother, and I get her pregnant. So, now once again, this is why I say everything falls into place because my daughter's mother, she goes to Morgan State, which is in Baltimore, but she's from Philadelphia. So when... We have our daughter, she decides she wants to go back to Philadelphia because she'll get more help there because her family is there. So now I go from being a young man with with very little responsibilities, not a care in the world in Baltimore, Maryland, to a young parent in Philadelphia. So not only just just to keep things in context of because i can't i can't take away from the fact that how drastically my life changed in terms of responsibilities and you know now i have somebody that i have to make set an example for i go from a big fish in a small pond to a small fish in a big pond because like i said baltimore is not really known for spitters i get to philly and there's Reed Dollars, there's Cicero, there's Kaboom, there's NH, Vodka, Eddie Morris, Rain Man. These are just the guys on the DVD. These are some big names. These are some big names getting dropped right now. You yeah, like like, I mean? like like if you don't if you don't really understand, names. you gotta like Dutch. I don't understand. All right, all right, yeah. I'm gonna have to Google <laughs> after. Understand this. Okay, there's no YouTube. There's no YouTube. The way that content is, is, is beginning to get circulated is through DVDs. There's not a lot of DVDs. There's only, there's smack DVDs. Uh, so, okay, let's talk terms of battle rap. You got smack DVDs and you have Philly as a whole city, Okay. And their whole movement is being captured on DVDs, okay? Now, Smack is only coming out once every three, four months, one battle on there. You talk about Philly and the rappers that was there, like, when, when you talk about the level of competition, it was insane. I was terrified. When I got to Philadelphia and I heard the level of rap that was being displayed there, I almost did not want to rap no more. Straight up. Damn. I did not like, 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 I want y'all, anybody that's watching this, 
that if you don't already know, because shit, shit ages so rapidly now, this is about three, four generations ago. If you go look at like Cicero, so anybody like y'all know who Cassidy is? Yes, Cassidy's a name I at least know. So I'm going to assume Cassidy's that if I know it, people know, do. But all of these dudes, like like you got to understand, like Philly is like a blue collar city. So Cassidy gets a record deal, but all of these dudes feel like they deserve a, a, a the same look that Cassidy does because yeah, Cassidy is Cassidy, but it's like. Yo, Philly is the home of the spitters, like for real. Like I, I can't right, right. stress that to you enough. Like I said, so if, if we is it Black it from, Dot from Philly, huh? Isn't Black Dot from Philly? I might be wrong about that. This is what I'm saying. Oh, I right, so think about that. But 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 I'm talking about in terms of my peers. These guys are my a hey, Black Dot is my right, old right. head. And we'll get no, to but that even just because... the the fact is, like, of all generations, you can point to guys from Phillies as being spitters, like it, some it of the just, best spitters it, it, ever come like, from like Philly. These guys that I just, all right, you know Black Thought. Everybody knows Black Thought, but the guys that I just named, you never even heard of these guys. But these guys None were these fucking. Guys, no. These guys were stars. They were stars. Superstars of, in the underground. So me... Superstars of the DVD era. Bro. The streets, like, like, yeah, the DVD. The, the, the streets, like, like these guys. Uh, uh, when I tell you like super duper elite because what's going on is it's not just the bars it's the delivery it's the hunger it's like you're, you're you're battling in Philly and somebody's in your fucking face like like it's it's different it's it's just different so when when I'm in Baltimore I can go anywhere in Baltimore and be the best rapper bar for bar you know what I mean okay. shout out to my man Los. Cause I can't discredit Lowe's. Cause if if low, cause rap is so competitive. But if Lowe see, he knows what I'm saying when I say this. Because Lowe's is a spitter from Baltimore, but Baltimore doesn't have an abundance of spitters. Right. Baltimore is known for 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 their dancing more than their rapping. Exactly. This is why this is why I was getting into the how I was in Baltimore. I used to be in the clubs dancing. You know what okay. I mean? But yeah, I had no idea. Hold up, that's so fucking nifty. Like, just, just the idea that, like, dance is more important than other shit in Baltimore. Like, yo, that's a thing that I never once even... You guys just set off a light in my brain, so thank you for yeah, that. For yeah, because Baltimore is known for club music. So so we're, we're in the club dancing. Girls are, are fucking backing it up on us, that type of shit. You didn't, you didn't go... Like, in New York at this time, people are going to the tunnel to hear people rap. In Baltimore, we're going to the club to hear Baltimore club music. And watch girls shake their ass. Like girls are getting naked on stage for the music. Like, you know. Um, I mean, like when you put it down, it does sound like a like you got you had oh, no, the, it, end it was, of the stick it, though. It was lit. It was lit, but it just was different. So now right. when I get to Philly, I'm I'm thrusted back into like like gladiator school. Like like I'm so and I'm just telling you the guys that I know that 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 you can go look these dudes up. Philly is like you could, like Philly is like like I said it's still that let me hear something error. So me, I'm a fashionable dude. Like I said, I come from street culture. So people are looking at me like you look like a rapper. Let me hear something. And Dutch he he know like you know like we come from the era where like it's not no three rounds of battle and it's we're going to rap until you run out of bars, bro. And Yo. motherfuckers 
and Philly, they had bars, yo. So I got to balance being a young man who's a parent and has responsibility. I, I'm not just living off the land at this point where I could just sleep all day and wake up and rap when I want to. I got to I gotta go to work because I have a child. But at the same time, I want to be... I want to be a fucking rapper. And I want to be a good... I want to be elite at this shit. Because I know what it feels like to be elite from being in Maryland. But how the fuck do I become elite here? Like, like Because not only is it is this a responsibility of me as a parent or my pen game, like Philly's a violent place. So I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm safe on top of that. So how am I going to do this? That's the next step. That, that's what it was next for me was getting to Philly in the early two thousands. And, 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 and it, because it, yo, the shit was just crazy. Yo, the, the no, level of competition, I, I just it, it was I... insane. I just thank you again for sharing it, right? Because this is the kind of like stuff where maybe some of us don't realize what other people have gone through, right? So some of us younger dudes, especially, we hear this kind of like we we come from a time where it was a lot easier to get into the game. I'm gonna be real. In 2012, like what? If you have enough money, you're in. You can't really right. be kept out of it, right? No, you gotta be. You gotta be stand. I come from the era where you, it's so, it, they gotta open the door for you. I, I'm from the last generation of. You gotta open the door. It's not no. I'm gonna set up a camera and let you hear me rap. And right. no, you got you got. They gotta open the door for you. Yo, man, it's really great that you're sharing this, dude. It's really like this is important history that we're capturing. Um, so basically, you're at a point now where you're you're rapping. You're getting your pen game on. Uh, when does it like actually get to a level where I don't know what happens? You start battling first. Is that the first thing for you that like kicks up into the next level of your life, or is there something well, else that I'm, happens I'm, first? I'm in I'm in Philly. So well, I guess it's battling. First, 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 like I said, I got, I got responsibilities. Um, I'm I'm still doubling back because at this time, I got I got my peoples in Baltimore. Um, I'm doubling back and recording with them. Uh, I start meeting people in Philly, but I don't really know these guys and I don't really want to fuck with them because like, like, I mean, it, like the best way I could put it is like, not to say that anybody in Philly was like this, but I just understood from a young age that like, you got to watch who you hang out with. So like, look at the, the Takashi 69 situation. Like, this dude hung out with dudes for fucking 11 months and got these all of these dudes arrested. You know what I mean? So I got a child and I got to be responsible about who I'm around and what I'm doing. So I don't I don't want to be around people I don't know. Um so I'm doubling back to Baltimore doing my recording. And it and it even got to a point where I just was like, man, fuck this. I don't even want to do this shit no more. Right. But um but once again, this is Philadelphia. So you just walking around is like, it's literally like, um, dude, you look like a rapper. Do you rap? And now I'm I'm young, full of testosterone and ego. Yeah, I rap. Let me hear something. Like this is just this is the normal for Philadelphia. Like, like just regular walking around. Like, like not like like I'm on my way to go see a girl. Yo. And, and you better hope that that's all somebody's asking you for. And they're not about to rob you. 
in all honesty. You know what I mean? But yo, you feel you want to hear me rap? All right. And then, like I said, it's not no. We're gonna stand here and rap until you don't have any more raps. It's like yo, come on, I got one more. I got one more. You know what I mean? Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. But I guess the shift. You know, I realized I wasn't getting no younger. So, oh, oh, wow. All right. So I'm in Philadelphia and I'm working jobs. I'm going to school. I'm trying to figure life out. So I used to work at Temple University Hospital. And the way the way it was, because we was all in a union, um, if you had a problem with somebody, you could you could fight them in a the locker room. Like fight. This this is how tough a this, listen, this is I'm at work, mind you. This is this is how tough of a city Philadelphia is. If you got a problem with somebody, y'all fight in the locker room. As That's long a as real thing. This is this is the God honest truth. As long as nobody tells what happened, then you still got your job because we're in the union. You can't tell on a fellow union member because you're gonna be in and and like the whole part of the union is for people to stick together to keep their jobs. Right. So me being from out of town, I got I got a few fights in there. And I'm just like, I was getting tired of that shit. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> yo, this is funny, yo. So one day, I, we we're all sitting around. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to school no more. I don't want to work here no more. I don't want to have to fight y'all niggas no more. I'm going back to rapping. And people are like, rap? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, oh, you could rap? You a rapper now? And I'm like, yeah, I, I could rap. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's like, whatever. I said, all right, watch this. So they had a talent show at my job. And like I said, you, that's what it was, was if you had a problem with somebody, you could just fight them. So I just said one day, like, everybody I got a problem with, I'm going to write a rap about them. And at the time... I was about to audition for 106 and Park, and I just told myself, um, if I could go up here and do this, then 106 and Park would be easy. So I wrote a rap about everybody at my job that I didn't like. I didn't care if you was a supervisor, a manager, anything. And I wrote a rap, and I got up there, and I said that shit, and everybody was like, what the fuck was that? Like... And it was just like, then this other guy at the job, he said he could rap better than me. And there was this kid at the job that had a studio. And he said, okay, y'all battle each other. And whoever wins gets an hour of free studio time. And then I beat him. I scraped him. I actually, some of the bars that I battled him with, I used on 106 and Park. Yeah, do you remember and, that? Um, nah, I don't remember. I just remember specifically. Yeah, because, because it was like, this is fit, like, mind you, this is how it was. It wasn't no, oh, you got a few days to prepare your butt. Like, he said he could battle me, and it was like, okay, when people go on break in two hours, y'all are going to battle. So I wrote 30 bars in two hours, memorized them, and and battled him for an hour of studio Bruh. time. Dude, that's like, masterful. Holy shit, dude. I can appreciate how hard that actually is to fucking do, okay? I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm good at stuff, but I can appreciate how hard it is to memorize it. That part, I'm right. dying right now. So the fact that you wrote some shit, you smoked the dude, you memorized that shit, you pulled that off, and again, you're still right. young. Holy shit, yeah. dog. You are good at what you do. 
yeah, not nah, this. So, so this is so yeah. So then, then I started. I started recording there with him, and they were they had like an independent label, and they were acting like they um, they were acting like they wanted to um, to sign me, but they were full of shit. <laughs> and then the, the next thing was 106 and Park. It was 106 and Park after All right, that. So let's pause before you tell us about your part of the 106 and Park. You got to understand that I kind of know what that means. I right. don't know I'm supposed to know what that means. But let's have a moment where you stop before you move on and you explain 106 and Park and its significance and why it's important that you wanted to even audition for them. All right. So, so before I do that, I'm going to take a bathroom break. I'll be right Yo, back. Straight up. I'm glad you felt that way. I've been holding <laughs> it in for a minute. All right. We're going to take a bathroom break. Right, and I hope everybody's enjoying themselves. Um, I've been in the chat with most of you. You know what I mean? I hope uh, people are tuning in on the other platforms. You know, we're restreaming. So you can catch us on Facebook, catch us on YouTube, catch us everywhere. Um, yeah. I really hope y'all. Yeah, we were talking in the chat about um, the cities. And I was saying to you guys, like, you know what I mean? Like, Camden is right next door to Philly. And that's like. <clears throat> murder murder capital in america you could google it you could look up their like just look up their name and that will automatically come up um and philly is right next door to camden so it's like that's why uh those are most places that like there's just a lot of um it's like new york city shit is rough shit is extra rough you know um so uh, and Chicago, of course, as well, you know, but those are all cities that are very similar to like, uh, New York city. Like they got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of shit in common with New York city. You know what I mean? Bones, I was just telling them about Camden being next door to Philly and that being, a, a you know what I mean? Like it's Philly, um, and Camden is like fucking Brooklyn and Queens. Right. And, and Camden is like that super hyper, like how many years, right or wrong, um, uh, Camden had murder rate capital of Terrible. America in for for like a decade plus. Terrible, like and that's a small city. That's a little ass super city, small, right? super small, bro. I grew up with my family out there. My family's in Philly and in um Camden, so Camden I grew up is out there fucking all the time. Nuts. That shit is yeah. nuts out there. Always been bad. It's been horrible since the eighties. Terrible. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I appreciate y'all sharing that. Just so you know, we got DJ Blaster in here, and this guy's Montreal royalty. This guy's a huge seminal part of the history of our city, so it means a lot that he's here, and I just want to give him his flowers and give him his love while we're here because, you know, Montreal's a lot that's going on, and I, he's he's part of the reason I'm even on Twitch because I saw him using this shit, right. and I just wanted to give him love for that. So since uh, he's salute. here, salute, that's what it salute. Is. Oh, you always, you always got to honor the DJ when it comes to hip-hop. Yo, but Blasters is actually the first guy to ever put me on the radio, and I bombed it. I bombed that shit. It was embarrassing. I wasn't ready. I didn't know what to do. But he let me come on, and he just played my shit. And that moment is something I'll remember for the rest of my life. So it's really cool that, you know, it's cool. Like, that's why I think it's important to share that. I'm, I'm learning about giving flowers properly. So if it is what it is, awkward, it's just kind of what it is. So, nah, it's uh, so all good. It's so all good. So let's go back to 106 in Park and what it is and the importance of it. And thank you because, you know, the hard part about streaming for hours is the pee breaks, man. It's so, like, you hold it right. as long as you can. <laughs> right. So, yeah, go back to 106 in Park. 
if you want, uh, if you die. Alright, so so 106. Alright, 106 in the beginning. It's a countdown show. So at some point, right around the time that I even started like really, like taking writing seriously, because before the rapping came the writing. So before I take the 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 rapping series, I'm writing, 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 because I understand practice. You had Freestyle Friday, which before we get into this, I feel like it doesn't get enough props because there was one point in time where Freestyle Friday was the only consistent battle medium. And part of, I, I blame BT for part of that, but that's a whole nother discussion. So let's, let's, let's talk about 2001 when it's Freestyle Friday. So you have, uh, two rappers, three judges, a DJ drops a beat. They battle. This is a battle. You know what I mean? And, 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 and the, and the, 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 the classic terms of what a battle is, and that's two MCs going at each other. So in the beginning, it was like Jen and Poster Boy in the beginning. If y'all not familiar with who they are, wait, Jen. Jen was a Jen wait, was an Asian American. I know who Jen is. Okay, so Jen is okay. Jen is one of the guys. I don't know a lot about battle rap. I'm gonna be real. But when I was in Sejep, which is our in between of high school and it's Quebec thing, it's whatever. I'm about 20, 18 at that age. Jin yeah. had his like big run where he got really popular, and people who didn't really know anything were just like Jin's the best. And then Jin's no, album Jin, flopped. Jin, Jin, and Jin, then... Jin, like like for and I hate to use this term because it has an Asian context. But Jen is like Mr. Miyagi for for us, for for me even. You know what I mean? Like Jen is my guy. You know what I mean? So basically, you got Jen. So so Jen, you could easily pass it off as, oh, he's Asian. So whatever he does is like he only has to do it half as good because he's Asian, and it's just, it's like like almost like I might get in trouble for this, but like when a girl plays basketball, you know what I mean? Like. She doesn't have to necessarily be like the best, but she's just, she's doing something that you're not accustomed to seeing a female do. But Jen right. is fucking, uh, he, he's transcending the stereotypes and he's dead fucking nice. So he's he goes seven times. And not only does he do that, he does smack battles. He battled in Puerto Rico. He won a fucking car in Puerto Rico battling. Um, okay. But but this is, so now we, we're getting to see where this platform could possibly take you. So you have Jen, you have Poster Boy. They have this thing where if you win seven times, you're in the 106 and Park Hall of Fame. That was the early 2000s. By the time 106 came about for me, once again, I'm in Philadelphia. I have a child. I got responsibilities. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I'm trying to put a couple dollars in my pocket. I could care less about 106 and Park. But they did this thing at the time. It was it was called uh, March Mayhem. March Madness is the basketball shit. Yeah, yeah. so they called that March Mayhem. Okay. Where they, they brought back all the champions. Everybody that had won seven times, they brought them back. And if you won that, you were the grand champion. And they had all these prizes for you and so forth and so on. So 
a friend of mine calls me and she tells me that I should audition for 106 in Park. Now, mind you, because I didn't really get into this because I don't really like to glorify it because, you know, I'm older now and, and I'm, it's just a blessing that I'm even still here. I did a lot of shit. I, I, I did things in the streets. So my content is reflecting that. And I didn't think I could go on 106 in Park and, and be successful because it was kind of like some kitty bubblegum shit. And, and, and Dutch, I'm about to fuck you up with this. This is, this is some shit that when I said it to Conceited, it blew his mind. So basically, I had to change my content to match what would be successful on 106 and Park. By this time, Loaded Lux had been on there. Immortal Technique was on there. He had okay. Immortal Technique actually... A Moto Technique actually lost the poster boy, but look at how he turned that into something prosperous for him. Um, Hell Rel was on there. A lot of people was on there. What these people, uh, th these these names that I'm naming, they lost on there. So I say, how do I win on here? So I started studying it. Woo. How to win on 106. I started studying, basically, like, like my friend told me about it because I can't leave this part of the story out. There was like a deadline to RSVP for it. And by the grace of God, she called me on the day of the deadline and I was walking into the gym at my job and they had a computer there for me to RSVP at. So I RSVP'd for the audition because you had to RSVP to even audition. Fair and enough. this is the part this is the part that I'm telling you that that fucked when I told conceded this, I studied Dirtbag Dan, Caustic, and God bless the dead, Cadillac Ron. If I didn't That's never crazy. You, I, I don't That's know if you know crazy. Me. That is very <laughs> crazy. That is that is that is insane, yo. Listen, That's, those were um holding like that's not what you would think. Like knowing, I don't know what that Bones means. You and, just said a bunch of names to me. Style is right. just like those names. It'd be you like never thought that's where to say, yeah, like that's where to say Holden. So you're 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 an Aesop Rock fan, right? If yes. Aesop Rock were to tell you that his three main influences were like fucking, like I don't know, fucking try to think of the most commercial shit, poppy, you know, like like fucking kids on the block. Uh, Backstreet right, right. Boys and In Sync, you'd be like, well, "What? <laughs> right? It's very, right, it's right. very polar opposite than right. what he's known for." You know what? What? I mean? but, so, but I'll tell, I, I'll tell you this. It's also very smart because this very, is they're, those are all talented guys. And it, and 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 what I got from them was aggressive, a very aggressive humor. So I knew that. Okay, I could bring the aggression from, from what I do out here, but I can't bring that content. But if you're funny, if I make these people laugh, like the way that they make them laugh, I'm going to win. I'm going to win this shit. And, and I, I, was, I, I was talking to somebody from, from Lux Block earlier today. I remember I was walking through 8th Ave where Lux is from, and I saw Loaded Lux, and I said, yo... It was funny because, like, this this is a different era. This is New York City, and I'm looking at Lux, and this is before Lux was was was, 
you know, righteous. Let's say I've heard of Lux, so I understand that name. I've heard of him. Yeah, so so Lux Lux is standing on the gate, and I'm looking at him, and he's got his hands in his pocket, and and you you really have to be from New York to understand this. So I look at him, and, I, and he like he balls his hands up in his pocket, like like whatever you about to do, I'm ready for you. And I'm like, I'm just asking him. I say, Yo, son, you loaded Lux, right? And he like, Yeah. I said, Yo, I'm about to go on 106 and Park, like. You got any suggestions for me? And he was just like, well, whatever you do, don't curse. And just do what we do out here and take it to that stage. And then I auditioned for it. I auditioned for 106 and Park. I auditioned for 106 and Park two days before my grandmother passed away, I believe. Ooh. Or it was, it was like a week or something. I forgot what it was, but it was in June... Or July of 2009. I got it tatted on my hand. That's why I'm looking at my hand. Okay. Um, That's really sweet. So basically, I auditioned. I went to the audition. I had the RSVP for the audition. And I was kind of having a rough time at that moment. And I got this homeboy of mine. He's a 5 percenter. And he told me, like, 5 percenters are like, these motherfuckers are just very knowledgeable. Right. And this dude told me that on June 1st, I was going to get some good news. And I checked, uh, wait, nah, nah, I, I don't want to tell this the wrong way. Either way, I, I signed up for the, for the, I signed up for the audition. Okay. This is what happened. I signed up for the audition. And the guy told me on June 1st, you're going to get some good news. And I thought I was going to, I was, no, he told me June 1st was going to be a good day for me. And I thought I was going to be walking down the street and find a bag of money. So June 4th comes and nothing happened. And I'm like, yo, this guy's a fucking weirdo. You know what I mean? Like he didn't even know what he was talking about. And I checked my email like, like June 4th or June 5th. And that's when it told me to come audition for 106 and Park, which was later on, right before my grandmother died. And when I checked the email, it said that it had got sent on June 1st. Damn. So I kind of almost felt like, wait a minute, like this is like, like this is like destiny falling into play right now. Right. So I go to the audition. I went to the audition. The line was fucking around the corner, man. And uh, the way that they had it was you went in in groups of eight. So you go in eight at a time. So say like, let's say one through eight, right? So you get in there and they'll say number two and they'll say your name and wherever you're from, step to the front. You're going to battle number seven and say his name or wherever he's from. So <laughs> the crazy part is as, as I'm, I'm talking about the line is, is down the fucking block. So I'm waiting out there all day. And then as I'm going into the line, a guy comes downstairs because now these guys that, are, that have already went in there, they're coming down and they're telling us what happened upstairs. So a guy says, uh, he, says to, he says to the one kid like, yo, don't, um, don't curse when you go up there and it's going to be like this. This is what the setup is like. And, and this and but this is you gotta remember these are rappers and this is young men testosterone competitiveness so the guy says like um 
man, I'm gonna go up there and do what the fuck I want. I don't care what you what you told me to do when I go up there. So he's like, well, damn, like, why are you acting like that? Like, I'm I'm just telling you, I just I just came from up there. Why are you telling me? Like, I'm I'm telling you what's going on up there. So you can't tell so what, like what's up with you? So so then it turns into matter of fact, battle me right now. So these guys are battling. This is like right before I go in. So the guy that was still online is battling the guy that just came from downstairs. And the guy that's still online, he's fucking smoking this dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and, and this is this is like some rapper shit. Like, he's like smoking him and he's still rapping as he's walking into the door to audition. And he's just smoking him. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm glad that guy went in before me and I don't have to battle him up there. And then that wound up being one of the first guys I battled on 106 and Park. And I smoked him, by the way. <laughs> so then, then I, all right, so, so they're telling me, yo, whatever you do, don't curse, don't curse. So I had a rap that had curses in it. So it's crazy because we don't even do this shit no more. So I had to rap. But I was so seasoned at that time that I, I shuffled the rap around in my head where that, like, when I spit the rap, like, I basically, I basically, like, blurted out the curses. And then my punchline was like, come on, judges, y'all got to give me credit because y'all said I couldn't curse, so I did my own edits. And the fucking judges went nuts. And I was <laughs> like... Now, mind you, this is like, like I probably, I didn't get a reaction like that since I battled my man Davon outside. I got a little bit of love. I got not, people saying I was nice, but I'm in Philly and I'm battling. So I'm, I get a crazy reaction off of this. Uh, oh yeah, I said I'm the Don. You got to admit, I think I'm hot shit. I pop shit from a 750 cockpit, but instead of me saying shit, I I, I was like, you got to admit, I think I'm hot ish. I pop ish from, a, so it sounded like what is what the, what is he saying? And then I, I followed. Come on, judges, you got to give me credit because y'all said I couldn't curse, so I did my own edits. And then That's fire, dude. And so 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 <laughs> listen, so yo, just to add to what you just said in terms of how hard that is to do, I had a story of my on a similar. I got asked to perform at this park. Um, in public with kids and so we were asked not to perform and the guy who went on before me cursed did it all bad and was trying to make a right. little scene out of it so now i got this extra <laughs> pressure on me right like right. We had this guy who's already acting a bit of tomfoolery and so right. i had to go through it i had two tracks ready to go but then they're like keep going and i wasn't ready with that third one when you're practiced and you're like ready for shit and you but the thing is right. people don't realize a lot of this is kind of muscle memory when you're like written it and shit yeah so you're fucking yeah. going through this thing and if you wrote the word fuck it's like a real effort to not say it, right? That you have to think about a bit above no, and beyond is. a regular. So when you're telling me you right. do that, it really is like an extra effort that's worth the credit, right? And because I, it makes so, it so much on, harder. On the spot. I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's known for freestyling, you know, right. because they called it Freestyle Friday. We was battling for, for like, I, I cannot come back to my neighborhood and lose on television, let alone <laughs> we was battling for money, a spot in the BT cipher. I'm going up there spitting writtens. Like fuck that. I'm the. I got. I got premeditated rebuttals. I might slide 
one bar in there, but I'm going up there with Ritness. But basically, when I did the audition, the guy said to me, he said to the whole crowd, like, you know, a lot of times people come in this room and they could rap, but, um, you know, everybody's not going to rap as good as Bones when it's time to get on television. And that stuck out to me because I'm like, yo, it's like, all right, there's eight people in this room right now that are rapping, but there's fucking been 500 people here today that he's already seen. Like, why would he say my name of all fucking people? Yeah, so, so then, what's crazy is that, like, we've heard a couple of stories along the way. So one of them is from this guy, Nunzio, from End of the Week, who right. uh, worked at Bad Boy Studio, uh, the Daddy's House, as it was getting set up. And he was talking about the creation process of Daddy's House and how Diddy had, like, 16 people there. And at the end of the day, they built the studio, and then he cut it to six people. And the people that stayed, that made me pass the cut, were not the people with opinions, were not the people that had the attitude. It was the people who followed the instructions of the executives that were in charge of him. And his attitude was, yo, right. you want me to do that? I'm going to do that. So why I said that is because listen to your story. The exec, you already told us the clue. They, you said it. You listen to their instructions, whereas other people tended to have an ego and an attitude about it, but you were humble right. enough to do it correctly. Right. And that's amazing that you shared that with us, dude. Thank you for the knowledge nuggets again. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But yeah, so so he so I left. I left. This guy calls me about a month later. And I was ducking this girl. This girl was from the Lower East Side. Uh, the Lower East Side is kind of gritty, you know. <laughs> she was she was a little too, shout she was to a little the, too shout rough to around the Lower East Side. Shout yeah, to shout out to the, the Lower East Side. End of the week, has that was their home for like over a decade plus, right? Like right. They were the, the pyramid, you know and what I mean? Pyramid, right. Long. Yeah, you know what I mean. And we're on right. their platform. This is the EO Dub. Yeah. Um, Zoom. So like, shouts to EO. So, so yeah, shout out, yo, shout out. It's crazy how like whenever it's a New York thing and it's rappers in this New York City underground, like they always somehow they get there's a there's an easy like oh look, you know what I mean? End of the week. So shout well, out yeah. to them. Right, right. So yeah, because EO Dub like like that's a staple in in underground hip hop. But right, let's get them their flowers. If you want to pause for a second, what do you think about end of the week? Well, I, I, yo, end of the week, like, yo, you got to understand, like, the, the, uh, the breeding ground that existed there, like, like, because, I mean, you had Pyramid, but, but EO Dub was just something different, you know what I mean? Uh, like, yo, like, I, I mean, I had only been a few times, but, like, like, I'm be completely honest, like, Yo, when you talk about like a New York City crowd, like I didn't want no parts of that shit because you get up there with some, like like rap is just like comedy. Like you could kill one place. Yo, you get up at EO Dub, like that crowd is, that was a tough fucking crowd, yo. Big Believe me when I tell you, yo. a lot of, a, a lot of swords got sharp in there and I'm telling you, now me now, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be apprehensive to get up there, but I had that 106 in Park shit attached to me where a lot, like, Dutch knows me personally, but a lot of cats don't know that, like, all right, this dude, he's really from out here with us, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I might have got up at EO Dub, and it would have, oh, Bones, listen, I wouldn't even got a fucking rap out. Bones Legate <laughs> from 106, 
fuck that commercial rap shit. Like, like that's EO Dub. EO Dub is like underground Apollo type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it's everything. It's, bat- it's battling. It's, it's... And, and, and one thing about, like, I can't say that about now because clearly, like, you got a nigga like Takashi that came through. But the era that we come through, New York rap, like, you you can't be soft. You can't even get up. You could be nice, but if you're soft, like, you're not allowed to get up there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I wasn't worried about that, but it was just, like, that was a tough-ass crowd. You know what I mean? I In hindsight, I kind of wish I was able to sharpen my sword on on that EO Dub crowd because I've done shows at Pyramid, but I've never done EO Dub. Like EO Dub is just so, like so yo, big that question shit is just that different. <clears throat> end of the week is not doing their Zoom shits. Would you participate in end of the week today? If if it was like like act like club type of shit, like nah, if, if, if like... EO Dub was still going down right now, would I? No, it's like it's happening in a virtual sense, right? It's kind of migrated into the internet, so it's the same thing, just online. It's not in the room and whatnot. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just a it's different not, vibe. Though. It's it's not. Yeah, it's it's not the same thing. Like like I, at this yeah, point now, artists, I'm at now, artists I'm, is no, no, I'm hearing you. I just I only discovered it through the it's, Zoom. It's era. really important. You need that crowd. We need that crowd. Yeah, we need would, that. We need that energy back. I need that energy. Yeah, I need that energy. I need that energy. Okay. Yeah, I really, I really. I really need that energy. So it's like now at this point, like, especially like, I mean, I didn't have to go. I don't, like I said, I had to reinvent myself. So I would want to test my, my worth at this mm. point. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, definitely. You. But I would want to, I would want to do it there because it just got a, it has a gritty New York city okay. feel to it. Like it's, it's dark. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't know, like EO dub is like, 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 yo, tell your man, like I'm going to the bathroom, bro. Take a, like, make sure, shit is all good like it's, it's that like i don't know if you understand new york like no. underground hip-hop i mean i'm you learning know, slowly it, as you guys say it to me over and over again but like i mean the facts is no i've barely any fucking idea what that means it's just like nah, imaginations it's, it's, dude look i look at new york on google maps dude and i don't fucking understand it i had flacco bayo sending me fucking screenshots so like this is the upper yo okay so i watched a battle with iron solomon and in the beginning of it, it said New York, New York, and it said Harlem, New York on the other dude. And I'm like, right. why does that say New York, New York? And then I had to learn that that's what the, the fucking one area, Upper East Side or something what, fucking. What? Anyway, what, what so what, all this shit's fucking that, weird to me. Like, I don't know any his, of it. His, this his is fun. Here's the crazy part. <laughs> Harlem, New York is still New York, New York. But technically, it's technically Harlem, New York, because New York, New York just means Manhattan and Harlem is in Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's what I had explained to him. Yeah, I get what? confused yeah, though. Yeah. It's hard to picture it because I've never been there. So like, well, like no, just... nobody that's nobody that's from Harlem is going to say they're from Manhattan. They're just going to say they're from Harlem because yeah. When you when you when you write that, like I always say, like the address, right? When you're mailing something, like people from Harlem don't write like your your name, your address, and then Harlem, New York. They just write New York, New York. You write New you York, York, New York, but. New York, if you're New York. talking, if you're talking, you're gonna say you're from Harlem. Say you're from right. Harlem. Yeah, you you're from your neighborhood. Right. You're not from the borough. You're from your neighborhood, exactly. 
Yeah, I love that. I love the so, way that you guys are explaining this. I could probably it's gonna take me like thirty explanations before it fully makes sense to me. So thank you for contributing <laughs> right. to my education. This is why it's called Bridge the Gap, because that's what you're doing here. It's not just me. There are other people watching that are going through the same transformation. I'm going we have fourteen people on my stream watching. Like they've been consistent, dude. They're glued. You're right. fucking entertaining, dog. I just wanted you to know that. There's chats going on. There's people like fucking like loving this shit. So I'm really glad that you're sharing this with us. So thank you. Appreciate that. And thank you for giving love to end of the week and explaining what it is. Because again, we are on their Zoom. And I think it is important to take some time and explain it, like, especially like, like, to those got, that you don't gotta, know you gotta that. You got to even understand. You got to even understand like, like what it even took to get to EO Dub. Like EO Dub is like, far it's far east it's east right dutch that's the les, that's the LES. Low, lower east side lower. yeah lower east side all the way all the way so, yeah they all they were they so used like, to be on avenue a so there's there's no train there's no train to get to avenue a right. so if nope. like like this this now you got to understand the hunger of a rapper that's coming from somewhere like you're getting Cause at this time, like we not getting in no. cabs, it's no Uber. You know what I'm saying? So you're getting off the fucking train, no and you're walking all the way from the west side or or, or the furthest most east train that you could have took, and like you're practicing your rhymes on your way there, like Union Square. You you'd get off at Union Square probably, and then you'd or you'd get off at um Astor Place. And how, I mean, far right that, how far is that? How far is that walk, Dutch? And, and that that walk is still it's a it's a few avenues. The avenues are longer than the it's streets. It's longer than right? the streets, streets right? Short. So yeah, walk, the streets are short. You so walk in them avenues. So you walk in them avenue blocks and you practicing your shit like yo. Do y'all hear what he's saying? Though? I'm not trying to get like y'all. I just gotta say, I gotta stop you. I'm, I don't mean to be rude, but we gotta pause because you're doing the knowledge nugget shit, and we gotta really focus on us. So for one thing. If you wanted to be somebody in the environment, you had to want it, right? Because there's some people I know that don't, I'm not, not going to say names, but like they don't want to travel an hour to go do a thing. You know what I'm saying? So the fact is, is not you got, only did you, you travel, it, you got, you got, but you got yo, so I've been, yeah. I've had to go to some venues that were an hour away. I'm not going to lie to you. What do you think I'm doing on the fucking subway? We call it a metro, by the way. I'm on the metro and this shit, I'm fucking sitting there and I'm fucking practicing my shit on the way there because you don't want to look kind of goofy with right. it. I'm the kind of guy that if I'm right. going to perform at a show, I want to be spotless. I want to be flawless with it as much as possible. I actually fubbed a bit on the fucking end of the week Zoom call last time and I feel very embarrassed, but it is what it is. I overworked. I overcommitted. It is what it is. But the rest of the time, like I want to be flawless with it. So the fact is though, you taught us not only to be prepared when you come to play with the professionals, but you also taught us when you take in public transit, you can use that time productively. Dude, I wrote my whole oh, album definitely. on the bus to work. Okay, my whole last album was on the bus to work because, yo, a long time ago, I figured out that trick and it's a big knowledge nugget for the people because you see how many people sit there and just bump tunes and space the fuck out and don't actually use the time on their public transit because, yo, it's it's last time then. It's last fucking time if you're not using it productively. Right. So thank you for sharing that again. That's huge. Right. Also, I had no idea. That you actually had to travel like that to get to end of the week. I didn't know it wasn't like, yo, because I didn't know anything oh, about fuck this. Yeah, that yeah, that that's like that's like in a in a corner pocket of Manhattan. So shit, man, you're sharing uh, all kinds of great shit, dude. Yeah, that. that yeah, but oh, the so, only people I don't, that, I don't the only people the that the only people that don't think that end of the week is far 
are the people that live in Lower East Side, where it's like it's right, back, right, back, right, yards. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, to but everybody can, knows uh, you're from but Brooklyn we can go or back Bronx, to you got to travel there. So we can go back to the end yeah, of the so weekend parks and stuff because it's fair. I just thank you for that, man, because it was great knowledge. But we can go back to you. We can go back to the story. It is what it is. Uh, so what happens after your audition process? You get told they're paying attention to you. They're saying so, pay yeah, attention so, to so you. The, so the guy, the, the guy calls me. The guy calls me and um, he tells me. I, well, I thought it was a girl. I thought it was this girl from the Lower East Side. That I was trying to duck. I was. I had like ghosted her. I was like, I I I started ghosting. Like I'm I'm the the forefather of ghosting women. So basically, I was trying to ghost this girl, right? And um, I got a call from a number that I didn't know, and I thought it was her trying to like throw me off. And I put my sister as an emergency contact for the 106 and Park dudes. And this goes to show, because I know this guy enough to know that like if he calls somebody and they didn't answer the phone, he would have been like, fuck it. Like, you missed your opportunity. But he called my sister, and my sister called me like, yo, this guy from BET has called me, and he said he's trying to get in touch with you because he wants you to be on Freestyle Friday. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> so so I called him. What's Freestyle Fridays? Him, it's Freestyle Friday. Yeah, that's it's the battle on 106 and Park. Right. So, um... I'm I'm at my grandmother's house actually, and he I call him, so he says, he says he says that he's talking to me. He's telling me he wants me to be on 106 and Park. Um, I put him on speaker so that my mother could hear him, and my mother, my mother, like, cause people don't understand entertainment, so she's like, well, he wants you to be on TV so bad, cause he was telling he called me in like August, and he said I want to I want to bring you on in December, and she was like, well, why does he have to wait? Why doesn't he want you on TV right now? And I'm just like, whatever, like, you're a fuck, like, come on, like, but she just, it, it never made sense to her, you know, whatever. But, um, he was talking to me, and when he was talking to me, we, we spoke for, like, a half hour and 45 minutes, and I just said to myself, there's no way he could talk to everybody that auditioned for that long, because it would take too much time. So if he talked to me that much... That means, like, because he was telling me, like, yo, he was asking me, like, yo, like, what are you into outside of here? Like, like, do you work? Like, like, if I call you, because he was saying to me, like, if I call you in a few months, you sure you're going to be ready? And I'm like, nah, like, I'm ready. Like, I, I've been waiting for this type of shit my whole life. You know what I mean? And he was like, are you sure? Like, you're not going to be in jail or nothing. Like, which is the sad reality of of some of the um the stereotypes that rappers get. But he was like, yo, you sure? And I'm like, like, yo, I could do this. You know what I mean? And he's like, I right, like, I'm going to bring you on at the right time. That's what he just kept telling me. And I'm just like, because I, I mean, I'm almost thinking the same thing my mother's thinking. Like, like bring me on now. Like, fuck that. Like, I've waited all this time for it. But in, in hindsight, this is just giving me more time to go and study because this is 2009. This okay. is the beginning of YouTube. There's not a lot of battles on, on YouTube. Like, so the battles that are on there, I'm studying this. And I just understand that if I bring aggressive humor, like Cadillac Ron, Caustic, and Dirtbag Dan does, I'm going to win. Woo. So, Do you know what he just said there? Again, this is a knowledge nugget that's come up multiple times in this man's story. Market fucking research. And I love that about you. 
because market research is something a lot of people don't understand. There are realities to things. Like a lot of things we talk about later on in life with the people making albums is how long should your album be? Well, the truth is your album should be as long as the uh, the market wants because if you really want your shit to move, it's what the market right. dictates that matters. So if well, everybody wants four track albums, you can be the guy dropping 13. They're only going to listen to four. That's just what it right. is. So in the same way, what you're saying is you understood this opportunity in front of you. You paid attention to the people that were excelling at this. You market yeah. researched, right? Because that's what it is. Yo, I work in corporate America, dog. I'm middle management. I do project management, all this shit. I know all about planning out some stuffs. So what right. we're doing is a pivotal part that I don't think a lot of people actually take the time to do. Before I even came into these interviews, dog, I looked up people. I was watching Joe Rogan, Joe Budden, this guy, that guy, the next guy, etc., to see how they did it and why people wanted to stick around. That's why I'm confident. We can go for hours and motherfuckers are going to stick with us because we vibe right. right right it's amazing but it was also market research so you right. shared that so many times i just had to pause and make sure that people understood that you keep doing this and it seems to be a pivotal part of your attitude and the way you approach the world so i'm just wanted to make sure you knew that that was fucking cool thank you definitely now it's definitely that definitely is a part i mean i, I just i mean I, i'm i'm I just understand like studying, like, you know, my, my, I, that was kind of put into me from a young age with my moms. That's how she just taught me like to read as much as you can and like, just information, you know, and I just, you know, I come from the, I come from many eras. Like, like that's why 80s babies is the shit. Cause we slapped yeah, that in the middle of all of this. Like, 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 like we, we caught, we caught the older generation. We were young enough to big catch facts. Big facts. Big facts. Shouts to eighties babies, baby. Straight up. I'm with you. And we, we're still we're still young now. Where yeah. We can take advantage like, of we, shit we, like this. We 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 had to we had to come up with the old school shit and and know all the old shit, but we also had to adapt to the to the modern age and the right. modern shit. You know what right. I mean? No, straight like, up, right. man. You got some eighties babies in the chats. I'm eighty seven, so I'm right there with you. Love right. it. Right. So, so yeah, so, so basically, um, yeah, I, I just, when, when I got the call, I just fucking, I, 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 I when I walked in there, when I walked in the studios that first time, I said, all right, this is it. I said, this, this, this is where I belong. This is what I'm supposed to be doing up here. And I, I just went it. up there and, and, and aired that motherfucker out. It's, it's dope, man. I love that you, you, you know, what's cool. I like the fact that you went into an environment that you liked because yo, I had this experience one time just to like share a bit about me. I think that's fair. I got to go to Pakistan with work and I spent a month there. Now the thing about going to Pakistan when you're on salary with a per diem is it's like because of the per diem and everything, my salary literally 10 X for a month. So I was instantly worth 10 times what I was and it was for one month, but it gave me a taste of, you know how right. good it felt to buy McDonald's for eight people be like, shut the fuck up bills on me. I never experienced that before. Right. But I experienced that in Pakistan and that turned out right. to be the best part of having wealth was to, that's why like, man, I just did a contest. I gave people money on Christmas. To me, that was the most cool thing I could have ever done with extra cash in my life. You know, like right. I, that isn't meant to floss. It's meant to show that I'm still about that life, right? That giving is right. this power inside of you that's just amazing. It's just things we should all be focusing on, right? But I didn't know that that was the most pleasurable part of all of this was to be able to give back like that. So anyway, I just thought it was cool that anyway, I got a little distracted there. I'm sorry. Um, there's a lot of chats popping up. People got excited there. But yo, anyway. We can go back to you there. I forgot where I was at with yeah, that. Yeah, but, but no, that, that's 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 just what it was. It, it was it was 
I got up there and I just I just decided like, yo, I'm not I'm not gonna lose. Like like I said, like I can't, I can't go back to my neighborhood and 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 say I lost. So I just I just got up there and did my fucking thing. I won seven times. It just it felt like every time I won, like the stakes was getting higher. And um, but yeah, you did I, it, I just did that shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I did that shit. Yeah, that that was. But one hundred six was like a gift and a curse, though. How come? Because there's no such thing as overnight success. Like, so even even these people that you that you think got under overnight success, they had a long story. You know, you just don't you just don't hear the entire story. But 106 and Park was as close as overnight success you can get to because um like I went from like just being at work one day like changing the trash and sweeping the floors to like like literally up to the point where like people like when I told people I was gonna be on, they was like, Yeah, right, like fuck out of here. You're not gonna be right. on 106 and Park. And I went on there and I won. Not only was I on it, because it's one thing to be on it, but I won. So it was like it's big. Yeah, it was like, wow, like it was like I like it was like overnight celebrity. And I think that if I wouldn't have did 106, I would have still found my way to wherever it was that I was going. Maybe not, because I don't live with regrets. So I don't know if I if I'd be where I'm at now, I'd be somewhere different. But I just think I would have worked ten times harder. I got kind of my I got my ego got inflated when I did 106. So I feel okay. like I probably ego aside, it would have made me work a little harder. But but that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Where it's like, all right, fucking like like just do the work. Because by, by the time I got to 106, I wasn't worried about the work no more. The celebrity was there. Like I was like. Like I went from like a matter of months, like I won seven battles and then I'm on a fucking, I'm on a red carpet at the BET Awards and. Well, for context, you know what I think, you know what I think? No, what I, like, I feel like you're saying a lot, oh. but you were, you were on a red carpet to the BET Awards. That's something that's big. That's huge. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about oh, you that? Know, it was, and it was, you know, real quick to, to tell y'all, like, you know, I just thought about it. BT's this Freestyle Friday, this competition that he's talking about, it was essentially um, United States of America's first ever, um, uh, what do you call that? American Idol. Like, you know what okay. I mean? Like, before there yeah. was ever any competition of anybody, like, getting, you know what I mean? Like, a winner. Like, this was a thing that people were and, glued to their and, TV. And, 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 and this is what I'm country. saying. And, and this is why, and it's crazy that you put it like that, Dutch, because this is why I feel that it's BT's responsibility. And I'm not just saying for my sake, because I was on there, uh, but for truth, everybody that, that went on this fucking show and, and bought this, these levels of, of your, first of all, it's ratings, it's competition, it's, it's, it's minorities not in the streets doing some bullshit. So I feel like not just for my sake, like for everybody, like y'all should, it, it should be held up to a higher regard, but BT just, they don't, like everybody else, they holds what they do like to a high regard, like whether it's in the past or it's the present. BT doesn't do that. Like, why is there not, 
why don't we have retro ep episodes of Cedar's World or hits hits from the streets or BT Uncut? All these fucking shits that made BT programming Whoa. worthy of watching in our day and age. Like nobody, like nobody fucking watches BT no more. Like what? Like you couldn't even tell me. You you can't tell me one show that's on BT right now. And that I was our tell you any of the shows you just said. So that's even a bigger point. The fact that yeah. I don't know a single fucking show you said and, is and almost you, proof you to your pudding. You don't know these things because they don't make it like like I watched Good Times. I didn't watch Good Times because it was part of my generation. It got put in syndication. Seinfeld will never die. All of these shows, like like y'all have all these retro music shows. Yo. Why is that not on there? That's huge, like, man. Because what the what fuck is on, is huge. What's on? Even now, like, 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 why wouldn't y'all do that during quarantine? Do you know how many fucking people would watch that shit now? I would in watch middle, that in shit now. In a fucking now. quarantine, the fucking shit would be through the roof. Oh my gosh, there are a lot of people would watch that, and it would explain so much shit to a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know a lot about BET personally. I don't know that. I know the reputation is not as favorable as it once was. I don't know a fuck ton. I think the guy is one of the billionaires, the guy who owns it. I could be wrong about that because I do look at the billionaire lists. Um, well, they, 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 sold, they sold it to Viacom. Whoever owned it sold it to Viacom, which right. I can't knock him for that because that's what you're supposed to do in business is right. build your brand and eventually sell it. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's one of the first black billionaires, which is why Stephen Hill. Remember it. Yeah. No, no, so no, no, no. He's, he's oh. talking to, Stephen Hill was just the president. He's talking about Bob Johnson. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I can't yeah. remember the name. Yeah, uh, that's, I just remember the story a little more. I could be wrong though too. I'm trying to like, pe but if you want to clarify, that would be cool because my my memory is like. Yeah, Bob, Bob Johnson is details. the guy. I, I'm almost positive Bob Johnson was the guy who owned the Bobcats, okay. Charlotte Bobcats. That's why they were called the Bobcats because Bob Johnson. He was the guy that owned BT, and he built it up, and and, and he he eventually sold it to Viacom. But okay, okay. I mean, it's 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 water under the bridge. It's it's part of. It's part of my history, and and I don't live with regrets, um, but it definitely was a blessing in disguise. Like if I could, um, nah, I would never, I wouldn't change it. Yeah, that shit was fun. As fuck, made that, that shit was rock. You you yeah. could totally rock that blessing shit was rock in disguise stuff, merch. That's all I'm trying to say. If you if you made a shirt that said blessing in disguise with your fucking name on it or something, I'd buy that shit, dog. Yeah, no, nah, that, that shit right was now. definitely. a... Yeah, that shit was definitely a blessing in disguise. Yo. It definitely was. It, it, it was. I wouldn't say that shit was some rock star shit, yo. That's really yeah, that cool, That shit was man. some rock star shit. Yeah. So how do you end up getting into the battle rap life? Because I know I saw a lot of battles of you on the internet, and so, right, so, I feel so like now, that's gotta now, be around then. So now, now I gotta bring you now, cause now we talking the the early stages of what is battle rap at this point. So okay. So now, I Dutch, you was probably there for this. It's my first time. We at Southpaw. That's the shit by, by where they named the PH Street after, right? Not far. Yeah, absolutely. That's in Sunset Park. Um, I think Cabin's here, and so Cabin's from Brooklyn. He's he could he could testify better to it, but yeah, I believe so. But that that, 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 South, that was the name South of the spot. Near. That was the name of the spot. Yeah, that South they used to have the grind time battles, right? 
Yeah, that we used to do the grind time battles. Nah, absolutely. You're right, absolutely. So I know exactly where you're going. All right, so I go to Southpaw for the battle that Scream Battle Vici there. Everybody knows Battle Roan. QB Battle Gatters. You remember this card? Um, no, wait, you, uh, I think you might be, if you're talking about everybody knows Asian cat, he only came out here to battle me. No, I no, 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 him. no. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, listen. All right. No, the only reason I'm saying, all right, Ron told whoever no, Ron was Ron... battling, he told, he told the dude, everybody knows you battled, everybody knows, and you came back from the battle with everybody's nose. Who was he battling when he said that? Oh shit! Who was that? Was that um? He's battling somebody Lance? with a big nose. Yeah, I think it might have been Lance. No, it wasn't Lance. Yeah. Wasn't... No, 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 no. Cause Lada Zay battled. Lada Zay battled that day, but I don't remember who he battled. But Rome, ba Rome it... battled the dude and he killed him. He killed him. Was and, it when, and, and when direct battle Young Zim that day? Okay. So that might have been seven not seven thirty. Um I forget the name of the events, man. I forget. Right, Everything so... bleeds together. But I know for a fact that we were um we were at Southpaw quite a lot back then. We were at you know Southpaw. I, mean? I was on my third, fourth week win of one oh six in park. Can you just and even, I like... feel because, yo, here's the thing for me. Like, I got, we got to talk a little bit about battle rap as, like, a sport element, how it looks. So let me tell you something. I watched some stuff from you from 2010 uh, with this guy. I think it's Usaka right. or somebody. And it's a whole different vibe than, say, Uncasa. this other one I watched. Sorry, Uncasa. I know <laughs> yeah, I said you it wrong. butchered Uncasa's I'm name. I'm not even trying yeah, to be it's disrespectful okay. like that. That was I'm crazy. Hilarious. Yeah, that was crazy. It's funny, though. It's funny, though. You're good. I'm glad You're you guys good. feel You're that good. way. Because, yeah, I, tr I try. I was looking into it. And I was like, it was different because you guys were such different styles, right? Not, I remember telling, like, Flacco, like, yo, I don't think I could battle rap. If people are going to yell in my face like that, I don't think I'm going to like it a lot. So, first of all, that's crazy that you go through that. But second, of all just to like contextualize it further i'm watching some shit later on and there's motherfuckers that are judges that are giving you commentary between verses and i'm like this is fucking weird how like because yo what the fuck like that's not even the same <laughs> thing anymore and then so let's let's go into what oh, you, oh, you're talking, like. you talking about when i battle you talking you talking about when i battle enes yeah and there was like motherfuckers talking and shit. Yeah, so it's like there's so many ways that battle rap manifests. Now you gotta listen, man. I didn't know what battle rap was, and then all of a sudden Flacco's like, "You want to talk to Iron Solomon?" And I'm like, "Okay." So I did, but I had to learn about battle rap. And now I'm like just cherry picking shit. And there's this street shit over here, and there's like a million ways it manifests. So like some yeah, of this it, stuff it, is it, mad inherent to you, listen, but I don't what, know a what, lot about what, it in terms battle, of where you're what, at. What battle rap is now? What battle rap is now? I came in at the beginning of it. Ooh, interesting. But it it's evolved it's evolved drastically. So like you see, we get old. I just told I just told Dutch about these battles. I promise you he was there. You don't remember these shits. You see what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, but but I'm on 106 and I don't like it's it's BT. This is fucking television. This is the pinnacle of how media is 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 processed at this point. 
and I don't feel like I'm getting the credit I deserve. Mm. So I go to Southpaw at this battle because at this time, like now, well, it's COVID. There's no battles, but like if, if all this shit was open, like there'd be like the battle would get announced, tickets would go on sale. You only heard about this shit if you were in the in the know. You know what right. I mean? And I even felt like it was hard enough for me to get in the know and find out about an event. Like, so I felt like I wasn't getting the respect and I come from the pavement. I felt like I, I could I could compete with motherfuckers. So I go, yo, Dutch, you gonna laugh at this, yo. You never heard this story, yo. That's why I'm glad you hit me up for this shit. So I yeah. go to Southport. I go to Southport. I know PH from Blaze Battles. It used to be this shit called Blaze Magazine, right? Right. Hold up, I gotta let my show Rest in, in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. To if you're PH. gonna do that, Word let's up. take a little Rest break. So I go to Southport. I tell PH, like, yo, I'm Bones Brigante from 106 and Park. Um, like, yo, I, I want to battle, bro. Like, like y'all got y'all got this shit. Like, like, this the shit I come from. Like, yo, I, I'm telling PH, like, yo, bro, like, I know who you are, like, from from Blaze Magazine battles. If you don't know about Blaze, Blaze Magazine used to have battles, and like they, they did a was, battle series on HBO. They did, yeah, but 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 right, they did a shit on HBO with Idea and Shells, but before that, RZA, Capadonna. Right, you had to read about the shit in the back of the Blaze magazine. Like you're reading, mm -hmm. you can't even see the battle. You're just reading about who won the battle. And PH was a staple. I think. What? Where was they doing? These, was they doing the battles at EO Dub? I don't know. I, I don't know where they I was doing. I don't know. Shit. That is before my time. They were, but they were. It's before, yeah, because this was before, before. Yeah, that was before. Our yeah, time. this was this was when like I'm still like 13, 14 years old. So I okay. give it up to PH. I tell him like, Yo, bro, I know who you are, but like. I need in on this on this grind time shit, bro. Like I want to battle on this shit. So What's PH is telling me, PH is like, bro, I know who you are. I seen you on television. He describing my album. He said, yo, I, I seen you, and I said to myself, we gotta get you on here. So I'm like, all right. So like, what we doing? He like, all right. He doing an event. He like, let me figure something out. You know what I mean? And we are gonna get back to you. So now, the next time I get to a grind time event. It was in a park when Philly Swain battled um who the fuck is the kid from Atlanta, yo? Nestle. Nestle. We, so we, now, we, now that was the first that was that was my first event. That was the first draft league event. That was the first event that we threw. We threw it in the park and Nestle and Enes was the headliner. Nestle and Enes. You battled there that day, right? Did you battle hosting. me? SoulCon, nah, me and SoulCon was hosting. Okay, so so that day, Nestle and Swain battled. I'm talking to Direct. I'm talking to PH. They trying to get me on grind time. Direct tells me, "All right, I'm gonna get you to battle a lot of Zay." I'm writing for. All right, so cool. I, I like that. I'm writing for a lot of Zay. You know what I'm saying? Yo, shout out my nigga. Yo, hold on. You were writing for somebody else? You became a writer for somebody I'm, else? This... Nah, That's actually a whole thing. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, he, wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. for that opponent. 
He's right. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, 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 okay. So you're being said that you have to target guy. this guy. So you're writing your bars for this particular individual. So you're able to go at him in particular, just so that I understand. Sorry for getting confused. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, understood. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm, That's what we're I'm, here for. I'm, we're bridging I'm, the gap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm writing for my battle with Lada because because after I took after I took the PH, I took you got me something to eat. What you get? <laughs> it was bring it, bring it. Bring it. All right. So after I'm talking to PH, I'm talking to direct. And they're like, all right, we're gonna get you to battle out of Zay. Now uh I go I, I go to because uh, cause I'm li- I'm you know I'm I'm a half a Philly dude. So Swain battled that day, and that's my guy. So I, I pull up to his battle and I'm talking to PH. I'm not not PH, I'm talking to, to to Penn this day. This is the first day that me and Penn start having a conversation. And and this 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 I'm gonna tell you Penn how had, much of a piece of Penn shit. had just took, how much of a, Penn had just took over the league from PH. Penn Penn took over the league from PH. So I tell Penn, yo, I was talking to uh direct and he's saying that he wants me to battle Lada Zay. And Penn's like, I never heard of you. You can't battle a lot of Zay. And I'm like, nigga, I'm Bones Brigante from 106 and Park. <laughs> what do you mean you never heard of me? He like, we'll figure something out, but you're going to have to either battle Lance or they had some other kid that used to be with them, a little light-skinned dude that was like, like, and he was like, that's just what it is. And I'm like, so I had a... Because this is, this is you know, the days when we were sneaking bottles in the event. So we in a park. I ain't had to sneak it. So he like, yo, I had some Henny. So he like, yo, can I get some of that Henny? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, can I get a battle, my nigga? Like, what the fuck? So I passed him the Henny. And he's like, yo, you my nigga for life now after I gave him the Henny. That's and <laughs> so yo, that's a, actually ba- a, big a battle one too. never occurred. No, uh-huh. but that's a that's cool because yo, I've had a moment where like, cause listen, I'm not a drinker, but I'm a big time smoker. I always go to events with extra joints because in my life, I find that if you have an extra joint to give to somebody who might like, it actually played out one time. A guy couldn't find a place to really couldn't find a paper. So I'm like, you know what, dude, don't worry about it. It's COVID times. Right. He doesn't want to share a joint. I have one. I hooked him up. That guy's not my boy. Like we proper proper today and now. So I love the fact that you shared that right. part because it's really a good idea for life to be that guy when you had the opportunity because it makes friends in a moment like that. Even yeah, if so yeah, so maybe yeah, you he, don't he, get he, something. He, he, Sorry. Yeah, he, so he, I, I, so so now like I'm I think I might yeah, by that time I had won all my battles on 106 and Park. I won seven battles on 106 and Park. So the next thing was the BT cipher. So I do the BT cipher. And real quick, I'm I'm gonna start turning into like Nori and shit. Like I started hitting up Penn. Like, yo, <laughs> why you I'm like, yo, oh Bones talking about you, and this is a horrible match. Why was you trying to set him up versus Lance? That's amazing. <laughs> no, hey, so no, nigga, I don't remember that... LOL. <laughs> Listen. Listen, you know I remember that shit. I ain't gonna forget that. You sure no, shout out to my nigga Lance. Lance, Lance, 
listen, Lance is my man, nigga. Like, shout out to him, but I just felt like Lance is. These are all respectable names being spoken about with the utmost respect. I just I don't think that stylistically right. that that would have been a battle that would have like highlighted either of you really, which is why I'm hitting up Penn. Like, why were you trying to set that up? Attractive? What are you doing? Like, he's known. Penn is known for making great matchups. Right, right. This is not one of them. That would have potentially not been one of them. You know what I mean? Right. This so, is so incredible. Like. So, like just, so now, so, 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 I now feel a type of way because I feel like y'all kind of like undermining me. So, am I? I do, I do the BT cipher. When I do the, after I do the BT cipher, I'm like, see, this is where I fucked up though, because I let my pride get in the way of my business because. After I do the BT cipher, my phone is fucking ringing off the hook. Now, all the battles that I was saying I wanted to do, I took it personal. Like, well, y'all didn't want me to battle when I was asking, so now I don't want to battle. And and I'm running around with BT. They got shows booked for me. I'm I'm performing because I still got a regular job at the time. So I'm performing every weekend while I'm in Memphis, Charlotte. Uh, Atlanta, LA, it, small parts like Jackson, Tennessee. I'm doing all these shows. I'm, I'm getting paid. Promoters is taking me out. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck battle rap. Because I'm going to these shows and it's women there. And, and like I said, at the time, when you battling, you go there and it's nothing but, but rappers there. Even now when you go, like there's an audience but there's the audience is all dudes. So I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling myself. I'm thinking the BT's selling me a bunch of dreams. This is part of the reason why I said I kind of regret it. Close that door. Um, and I just feel like, yo, like, like they're gonna take care of me. You know what I mean? Like I'm about to get this record deal and shit like that, because that's what they're telling me. So I'm turning down. Now, now Penn's is calling me and he's like, yo, I wanna do this. Now Beasley is calling me. Cause at the time, I, I was in Philly, so I wanted to battle Tech Nine on Smack, and they're dubbing me. They're not. They're not booking me to shit. But when I did the BT Cipher, they was like, "Yo, like, oh, this dude is nice. Like, why is he loud? We gotta get him over here." And I was like, "Nah, I don't want to do it now because when I wanted to battle, nobody wanted to book me." So, what's the shit? What's the um? What's that other shit that everybody be battling at on a, on a lower, uh, Dutch? The King of the Ring? No, the venue, the actual venue. Oh, oh, venue? oh, oh, on, you're talking about, um, Club Drum. Drum. We had Drum. Since you brought this up. We had Drum, and I see... Yeah, cause now I'm thinking I'm thinking about you, cause yo, all this shit is this this shit is moments in time because no, that's why it's this great, is around man, that you're time. sharing this, man. It's great. Look, Everything you're saying look, is amazing stuff, dude. Yo, Dutch, this is around the time when you battled Myers Lansky, and the nigga threw up word, in the bathroom. <laughs> 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 listen. Yeah. Now, now listen. Facts. 
Shout out to Mario. I definitely but... was feeling like I definitely was feeling like Superman. Like I felt like I had <laughs> like I had put that like I had put that on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like, Yo, I, like I felt like my energy was so overpowered yeah, Yo, that listen. like he got <laughs> physically ill. You know what I mean? Does. And I was just like, <sighs> Yo, I swear to God, I watched that not too long ago. And I remember the look on your face, like, look at this nigga, yo. He's fucking throwing. Yo, he, when he walked up the stage, he was like, yo, nigga, unbelievable. But, uh, cause, cause you had a bar. Cause listen, I absorb all this shit. Cause your bar was, Ooh. you're vague. I'm direct. To yeah. to draw, the disparity. Yeah, yeah, I was doing a bunch of comparisons. I said, yeah, compar- I'm iron. You Enes. I'm I'm math, you're T Rex. Right. I'm you're vague, but you're I'm D Rex. And I'm, it was because the owner of our league was um D Rex. That was his name, Direct. Right. And the owner of their league was vague. So Incredi- it was like inc- that was his name. And, and it, inc- was a, it was a, it was it was incredible. Incredible double entendre. You know what I'm saying? Incredible. Vague, we was at drum. And Vague says to me, would you battle on Casa? Because like I said, I'm turning down all, all these battles now. Like, nah, fuck y'all. Y'all ain't want me then? Fuck y'all. So Vague says, would you battle on Casa? And Cam is in my top five. So I felt like if I smoked on Casa, I would get on Cam's radar. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I took that battle. Uncasa, by the way, and 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 all that is um, you know what I mean? Like Uncasa was a member of Dipset's like young dudes that was supposed to be like the next stars on the label. And because right. Dipset was already like a crew that had formed like it because Cameron was able to successfully put on Jewels and Jim Jones, it was looked at like, well, why wouldn't it work out for all these other guys that he's supposed to put right. on. You know what right. I mean? Mm. Right. You know what's like, interesting about the names that win. you mentioned is that girls really like those guys. I don't know a lot of guys who like them in Montreal. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that guys didn't. I'm saying that for my life, the only people I ever heard talk about Dipset were ladies. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, so I think that's super that's a that's a who what rapper don't like right. I'm about to say that's like, a very desirable fan base. To <laughs> so I mean, I say that because like I don't know. I watched a battle with the other dude, and I'm like I don't know. He was just yelling and stuff. That was I don't I don't know that he doesn't have class and finesse and stuff. But like yo, I mean I know what Jules Santana is. I know all these guys. They were like fucking huge. But I'm also like in high school when those dudes are popping off. So their singles are like fucking all over. Uh, so I'm really, you know, I, I know all these names at this point. Um, but yo, it's super interesting because, you know, part of your story, right? Any part of it, the bigs, the downs, the ups and everything, like it's all lessons because the truth is today, you're one of the right. most impressive people I've talked to. I'm just being facts with you, man. I'm saying that on all levels. Appreciate so that. like the fact that you share anything, your mistakes, big things, nothing's bad. It's all about the journey because at the end of the day, look how many shoes you have behind you. Look at the fact you have a lady that brought him food like that. That's some fucking big shit. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. I had the same blessing in my life. So I understand how amazing that it's, blessing it's, it's is. It's time to be grateful for. And like, yo, I'm looking at you on social media and I'm like jealous. I'm not, not like hater jealous, but like, yo, I want to <laughs> learn kind of jealous because I'm like, this guy's doing it right. This guy's doing it perfect. 
So, like, all I'm saying is, like, anything in the past, this is just how you got here, right? So, all we're doing is reveling in your story. The ups, the downs, the all of it. And it's all amazing, man. Because it makes me feel better about my moments of pride and ego. Where I fucking, yo, when I walked in, man, I had an attitude, dude. I was not maybe being humble and appreciative. I didn't know anything, but I thought I was king shit. And that kind of attitude yo, doesn't shit. go very far. So the fact yeah, is, man. Yeah, it take time, yo. It takes time, yo. You, you got to really pay. That's why I say I kind of regret the 106 shit because it took away the the element of, like, the the grind. You know what I mean? It was like, don't get me wrong. It was work. You know what I mean? But it was, it was very instantaneous. You know what right. I mean? But so, at the same time, now it gave you a taste of something to strive for, which is huge. Which right. is, I think, what my earlier point with Pakistan was. Was I was trying to say, like, it gave you a taste of something to strive for, and you didn't like fuck up too bad because you're still killing it today, and your life is fucking dope. I'm gonna assume. I'm just saying, you sit right. here and like looks good right now. So I mean, it sounds like it was just a good lesson. Cause yo, check it. How many people are able to sit here? And talk about the time that they won seven times on, you know, 106 in park and just make it all casual, okay? Yo, I watched some shit where you was Sway. And the way Sway talked about you, Sway doesn't talk about people like that, dog. Yeah. Sway I mean, is no, not like Sway's that shit. Sway's my guy, yo. Sway's my guy. So I'm just saying, like, to me, it's just really great that you're willing to share this shit. Because it's good for everybody to watch it all. All of this stuff. Plus, man, you're sharing, like, this history of battle rap shit. Sure, I don't know about it today. But you're giving me a lot of context so that, you know, if we ever speak in the future, I'm going to know a fuck ton more by then. I don't know, right. because you even drop these things now for me to go look up a blaze. I didn't know what a blaze was. Now I know oh, I can yeah, you got to get to him with that. That's history right there. It's just, you know, it's a lot for me. But, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been not, I've been not wanting to overwhelm you. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I know it's a lot, period. All we got a lot going on with the show. You got a lot going on with your nah, own nah, thing. It's not even you got a lot going that. on. Work. It's but, just, but I don't want to overwhelm you. And it's also, you should go ahead and do it like this. Like, this is, I love beautiful. it, man. Like, you this get to in, me is the, you, you know, it's, it's fun, man. This to conversation. Me, I'm just saying for myself, this is a gift, right? Because I'll be real with y'all. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a lazy person because I'm a workaholic, but I'm a, I am used to be a lazy person. So I try to do things the most efficiently as possible in my pursuits. So I could spit right. there and I could do a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot of Googling. Or I could talk to a guy who did smart shit. And then that guy could tell me stories. And that would right. be more fun. And that's what we're doing here. And I'm telling you, dude, we're still above 10 people watching for like what? We've been we've been talking for almost two and a half hours, dude. That is amazing. That's how interesting you fucking very much are. And I'm not gassing you up, dog. You don't have that many people stick around for like nothing. Right. That's not that's not fake. You can't fake that shit. So right. I'm just being real with you, man. It's been a pleasure to talk this far. So let's go back to this battle thing. Dude, what's the landscape like? Because what I really wanted to understand is the format. Right, like, cause I saw that battle and it was three verses. I didn't see a lot of your battles. I'll be real, but I saw that one and it was right. three verses going back and forth and stuff. So, what is the format like? How is it judged? How is it scored? Right, because like even at that level, I'm going. I don't even know how anyone know who won that. All right, that this just... is how. You, this, listen, you go, you go. All right, you go by the comments. You go by word of mouth, but more than anything, me as a writer, it's how I made you feel when you left out of that building. Okay. Because 
when you in that building, because you got two different battles now. You got the battle on camera and you got the battle in the room. You know what I mean? Ooh. Can you elaborate on that for the people that don't know what you mean? I, you, you have, I mean, I'm a punchline rapper. I rap in punchlines. So a lot of the shit that I do is catered to the crowd. Um, the crowd is going to catch a lot of the things that it is that I have that I have to say, excuse me. No worries, man. But you got writers like a B Magic, like a Daylight, that Chilla Jones, they're so intricate in their writing that when you're in the crowd, you can't rewind what somebody just said. But when you're at home, you could bring that shit back. And it's like, oh my God, like that shit was some mind blowing shit right there. So, mm. I and and that's that's this is what battle rap has evolved into. Whereas people um people have different techniques. My technique is I want to embarrass you because, like I said, I come I come from I come my my uh, outside of Philly. My introduction to the world was a judged battle. So. I don't have the discretion of opinion where like somebody, if you, if, 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 if I got 30,000 fans and they believe in anything I say, when they watch my battles, they'll never think I lost. But my battles, when I came into battle rap, I was on television and all my battles were judged. So therefore I have to make sure I win. So I'm writing for the crowd to make sure I win with the punchlines. So that's to put it in that context, that's how it's judged. You're either you're it depends on your writing so, style. Your writing style is gonna determine who won because like somebody like Tilla Jones, um not even Tilla Jones, just to go to, to a specific battle. I was at the beach I was at the B Magic versus Ill Will battle. And Ill Will, he's playing to the crowd. So it looks like he's smoking him. But on camera, the shit that B-Magic is saying is so intricate that it's like, nah, he didn't lose. Like, now I got to watch it again because that shit was really, it, it was some other shit. Like, so that's how, so, that's how it goes. That's how the battle shit goes nowadays, you know. So I think it's interesting that you said that because, I mean, <clears throat> I saw that Bodied movie. Um, and one of the things they discuss in that movie is uh, playing to the crowd. And that's why there's a lot of racism and things like right. that that appear because the truth is when you're playing to the crowd, you can't really drop the smart shit if the crowd matters because the crowd isn't necessarily going to catch your bars. So you go to exactly. these lowest common denominator bars in order to incite the crowd because um, right. and I can see how YouTube changes that because I know about all these classic battles like that one with Jin and Iron Solomon. I have people quoting that like about your origin and all of that shit, right? So people right. like were listening to it after, even if in the room, I don't remember if it hit or not, but like it does change a lot when the internet comes into it. So I appreciate you just expressing that there is that thing to take into consideration. So yeah, anyway, thank you for that. No, no doubt. So yeah, so that that's that's what it was. I mean, um, it's all up to your discretion as to who won, but I mean, I mean, shout out to Uncasa because, in all honesty, the crazy part is he's family now. He had a baby with my cousin. Oh shit! So, 
so yeah, um, unreal. Um, yeah, uh, but everybody know who won that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, everybody know who won that battle. I mean, I I felt like I didn't understand Uncasa's style very well. I'll be honest with you. I kind of got it a little bit, but the way you came in made a lot more sense and resonated with me, and I enjoyed what you did with it. And I thought I mean, it was cool. some people some people like some people like some people like un in that battle. You know, not as many people that like me, but um, some people do. That's it. I'm not. I don't feel Some like I'm like qualified me. to like myself say. I can say your version of it resonated, but I think it's like a whole other thing because like the way that Flacco was explaining it to me was like this is like Uncasas from a different era, and you're in this new era coming in. So in a sense, this battle is like a clash of two eras and styles coming together. So like it makes sense that the shit I grew up yeah. with that you kind of sound like and that I'm accustomed to is what is going to resonate to me. Whereas maybe other people are but, going to but feel a, differently. A, a, a sense, a sense, essentially, me and Un are kind of from the same era. It's just that he was before me in terms of like uh, notoriety and popularity. Okay. And and no matter what, like like Dipset is a, is an entire movement. You can't really clash with them. But um, we're we're still from the same. We're from the same school of school of rap, more or less. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, we definitely I, from I, the same school of rap. I listen to a lot of your stuff at this point. I can't tell you anything really specific at this thing, but I can tell you that listening to you consistently for like three hours in a row is a pleasant experience. So that is like I like your pen game. Three hours, really dude. Right. Well, man, you have a lot of material. I, I wish I could. I wish I could get this girl that's here with me now to listen to me for three hours straight because she's fucking Yo, hard. I'm into that, my so, girlfriend. <laughs> so listen, you listen to me for three hours straight. That's a blessing. No, dude, you have battles that are fucking riveting for me to listen to, what? right? Because, look, I can't come and talk to a guy who I believe is literally, like, a living legend in the making and not do my due diligence. But really, dude, what surprised me was your, your Fragrance Fridays. I know that's ahead in the story, but, again, you're so interesting on those that it made me pause the music for fucking... Right. I, I, you, my girlfriend's in the chat. She can attest that I'm like, you got to come live. You got to listen to this guy talk about cologne. I didn't <laughs> know that cologne was so important. Yo, specifics, just so you know, I really listen to that because I couldn't tell you your bars. But I can tell you that right. you said, don't spend money on Gucci. I'm telling you, spend money on the cologne. She's going to appreciate that more. Notice it. And the subtext is she's going to do some things to you that you really want. Pay right. attention to that because, yo, the senses matter a hell of a lot when it comes down to the nookie. And so you was giving away free right. game. So, I mean, I couldn't tell you my favorite bar, but I could tell you my favorite cologne thing that you did bar. So that's just dope to me, dude. You're fucking cool. Anyhow, so let's go like a little bit back to the battles. And I guess you could walk us through your career a little bit and explain Look just some of the highlights yeah. in... I don't know. I don't really know how the story progresses. I know I've seen you battle a whole lot, and you did a whole lot of battling. So, uh, and then I you really did a lot of though. things. I, I I did because, like I said, my ego got in the way of me. Like, I was getting calls to do a lot of battles, and I didn't do. I didn't do them. Like I said, it was my ego getting away, and I was kind of depending on BT to do all the things that they said they would do for me. Um. So, in in terms of like down a lot of battles. I got offered I got offered K Sean. I got offered Map Hoffa. I got offered a lot of battles that 
I was like Mr. BET and I'm on television and I'm like, I'm not battling those peasants. And, and in all honesty, that would have taken me further than me putting my faith in BET and, and because they didn't do the things that they said they were going to do. But, um, but I did, I did a few, I did a few battles, but in terms of like my generation of, of rappers and, and like it's people that came in with me, like they got 30, 40 battles, you know what I mean? It's people that came in after me that have 30 and 40 battles. So I didn't do, I didn't do as, as many battles as I really could have done, you know? That's why I kind of, that's why I kind of It's interesting that you look at it the way that you look at it, right? Because I'm sitting there looking at you drop this again. I'm going to have to come back to your fragrant Fridays thing. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm a fan. I'm watching that shit now every single Friday. So regardless of whatever you do, like it's so well made because you look at it maybe one way or another. But what I'm seeing is you have the literal ability to create this shit at home do your own stuff this sounds a lot like this bet stuff actually blessed your life in the current modern 2020 sense it did in a way where i don't know that battle rappers in a lot of ways are able to adapt as well in the yeah, modern it, it, so it, maybe it, it, in like it, the it, big it, planet it, it worked did, really it well did. for you right it did I, no it did in that sense because i understand i understand how to and, and you're right when i think about it like that because i understand how to keep people entertained because that's what television is about like you it's not easy to get people to watch you for an hour for for five minutes like if you if you're not interested for five minutes motherfuckers will cut that shit off so big facts you know i understood well cologne is just something that i'm passionate about what even the lift Mm -hmm. just just put it click it um i just understood um keeping people entertained being informative and I just understand the value of humor. So I, I insert, you know, I understand, I understand how fucking horny guys are. So I'm trying to let people know, listen, if you, if you put this on, you're going to get the girl, you know what I mean? Ah, I love it. Like <laughs> for real. No, for real. So, okay. So in Quebec, we had this strange situation where language politics, and the Quebec government's approach has consistently been uh, to force French down our throats like um, like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like you have to do it. You have to do it. It's almost militant in the approach. It's fucking weird. Um, but I had this experience because I was wise enough to learn to speak French. And I'm not saying that it's easy or it's whatever. I just made that decision early on that I should probably do it. And then at one point in my life, I was doing my player phase of life before I got settled down with the lady that I'm with now. And I realized I could go on dates and speak in French. And it got me laid because of my accent. And, yeah, right. try- and I'm telling you straight up, I didn't actually have to try. I wasn't even looking good or anything. It was just because my accent was cute and girls was really into that shit. And I learned this power along the way that I should never make my French accent good. Je, je vais rester comme ça pour le reste de ma vie because it's just going to be like attractive to people. And that's just kind of what it is. So I feel like if the Quebec government were to just be like, yo, check it, learn French she'll fuck you in a more politically correct way it might be a more interesting way to get people to want to learn to speak french because you know what they actually did they said in a literal thing you got to greet people in stores with bonjour that's hello ho bonjour ho this is real shit you can google it our premier actually said that we have to do that they spend time and government money thinking of ways for us to say bonjour ho 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to be the trendy Montreal trap shit for the whole fucking season. Because what the fuck is that? That's crazy. So, like, I really appreciate what you're saying, though, because I I think it's a real thing, dude. (laughs) It's a real fucking thing. You say that shit in New York, it's going to be a problem. Uh, all I'm saying is it's a real fucking thing that the premier logo, our dude in charge in Quebec, actually said to actual people. But what I'm saying is instead of saying dumb shit like that, if you said, parlez français, you're going to get laid, you're absolutely going to get more people to want to do it. So in the same way that you resonated with the fact is, you so again, back to your market research, you understood your audience. You understood who the fuck cares about this shit. And you also understood to take this education fucking level, right? So, like, you well, understood yeah, that if you take this educational like, approach, it's, it's going like to be good. This. It's like this. Like, 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 I'm black, yo. So. That's true. I got so many. Yeah, yeah, just in case you didn't notice. But I have so <laughs> many stereotypes working against me. And I was raised to go against those stereotypes. So, for me, it's like, when I get a chance to show people how informed and educated I am. I'm taking that chance. Like, like I'm going to do that, you know, because I, mm. I want to show people that I'm not just some ignorant rapper type of dude. Because, like I said, this, uh, so I'm black, and then, like I said, I'm a rapper. There's so many things going against me in that sense. Like, people think the worst of rappers, you know what I mean? So so now that I get to, I get to, I mean, this is a passion for me. I don't, I do this shit for free. I just, it just so happened that I, I came out with my own cologne and I'm selling it. But before I did that, I was doing Fragrance Friday for a year and a half. So Oh okay. So I think it's really important that we talk about Fragrance Friday because it's a great way to plug your shit. So regardless of your story, I think this is a great opportunity to make sure that we discuss this part of your life in full a little bit. Cause yo, I'm a content marketer. Uh by my day job and I'm all about community growth and all of these other things. That's like what I get paid to do at work. So to see you pull off everything flawlessly, dog. And that's what I'm saying. I think you knocked this one out, this Fragrance Fridays. It's a 10 on 10 smash it out the park hit in terms of your content marketing, social media, all of it. Like you got shit that's popping without hashtags. That's fucking powerful, dude. Right. Yeah, so I mean, I, I just I just understood like I mean, like I said, I did it from a passion standpoint. And then when I started the real like well, first of all, I I'll tell you how I should start it. That's wonderful. Uh, one day I just called me. I'm on my way to the studio. Thank you. I'm 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 about to go do a commercial for um for my fragrance. So yeah, I'm on my way to the studio. But um, this is this is crazy cool, dude. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, my phone was disconnected for the week, right? And I I hadn't posted on Instagram. In like a few days, so I said, All right, I need to post something. I gotta say something on here because I know people is wondering where the fuck I've been. So I just posted about the colognes that I had, and that shit got a crazy ass reaction. Like that shit got like like it got the type of views that I would get if I was rapping. So I was like, oh shit! Like I was like, yo, I'm gonna start talking about this shit. So I spoke about it one day, just being funny, like, yo, this is Fragrance Friday. And I got on a train, because this is how it goes. I don't know how it goes in Canada, but, but Dutch will tell you, like, 
you get on a train in New York, and when you get off the train, that's when you get your messages and shit. Huh? So I yeah, got off the it's... train. I got off the train, and I had mad messages. Yo, big respect for wearing the mask like that. Big respect. Oh, of course. We got to do that. You got a light in here? Can you cut the light on? You have the light on the side. Oh, thank you, sir. Gets a Yo, little abrasive. Like a real New York taxi? That's yeah. so cool, dude. Yo, you're tripping me out with cool fucking shit. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so, so. Put that one on over there. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah now nah, he... he... Which so, one? You so, in the left or you in the Uber? We in, this is this is I think this is a lift. Yeah, yeah. I definitely this is definitely lift. Eh, still yeah. in New York. It is what yeah. it is. <laughs> so yeah, I did I did the fragrance Friday and and I just got a reaction off of it and I was like, wait a minute, I just got to keep this shit going. And I didn't even know where I was going with it. Like I just knew like this is what I'm passionate about, and um and I just kept the shit up. And people just was started paying attention to that shit. And 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 now here it is a year and a half later, I came out with my own fragrance. Yo, we absolutely linking that in every single clip we put out of this. We linking it everywhere we can. We're gonna tell people to come support you as much as possible. Yo, check out the man's Instagram, send him some love and make sure you purchase his fragrance. I'ma do the same. I'ma look into getting one. Uh because yo it looks interesting you got me invested in sense dude you got me thinking yo i gotta get my smell game on Listen, yo, I'm I told telling you, you, she's gonna pay more attention to that cologne if she do that gucci boat it's just big facts that's what i told you man what? but yo um i definitely appreciate you doing this i get the feeling that if you're on a lift we are coming to the end of the time no 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 are we good listen, listen. yeah we're good man okay we're i was good. just checking nah, that then because nah, nah, you just jumped in the lift i, I was just nah, curious yeah. didn't want to be yeah. rude if you're nah, good you i'm good listen. to keep going my man oh could, my gosh you, but you if it's okay this, with y'all if i can just take a pee break though i gotta i got i gotta take a quick pee break yeah go ahead do that all right yo yeah anyway we're right here it's just yo I was uh, I was losing focus ability at that point. I had to, you know, my bladder betrays me in these lives. I haven't figured out how to deal with that problem. I also think it's part of aging, and I might have that problem going forward for life. And I don't know, it is what it is. But yeah, well, you might as you might as well put the diaper on now if that's the case. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, nah, we'll figure it out. Um, but let's say like, so let's go back to the to the whole battle rap stuff. So, and then you're kind of doing the Fragrance Fridays, which is dope. But as we're going through your story with battle rap, what's it like to be like this kind of battle rapper in that era? Like, I mean, for me, it's like I'm looking at YouTube videos and I know that there's a whole bunch of people that watching this in the after are huge fans of this era of battle rap. And I've watched a lot of things going on like that. So what, what, what do you, what is it like being there? You know, being a battle rapper is the most nerve wracking shit in the world. This shit is, is it's, it's, it's fucking crazy. Like, you practicing for months and weeks at a time. Like, I even remember, like, one time I had went out with my shorty, right? And, um, like, we was at, we was at TDI Fridays. Uh, and I had a battle coming up. So, like, we order our food, and I go in the bathroom, and I'm just, like, practice in my rhymes for like a half hour in the bathroom like like yeah i totally forgot like 
he's just in a whole nother world. I mean, if you ever seen like like Eminem eight mile, like nobody wants to go through that moment where you freeze on stage and you choke. Like Dutch right. Dutch battled a dude that had an Eminem moment. Like you could go look that up. Like you ever seen Dutch when he battled Myers Lansky? I have not, but you mentioned it earlier and you guys were talking about it and you said right. you literally went and threw up, so I'm definitely gonna check that out after. Yo, the dude, and, and Myers is my man. It's, it's not to air him out or no funny shit, but no, again, he it's history. Went, yeah, he literally like like was on stage battling, and it's the it's the it's you know your adrenaline, the anxiety, the anxiousness, and he fucking he's like, yo, I, I gotta throw up, I gotta throw up. Like walked off the stage and went in the bathroom and fucking threw up. So. The thing for me is like the preparation. This preparation mm. is just key to anything. So if you prepare for a moment, like so that you don't have a moment like that, you won't have to worry about anything. Cause that, like, I, I would never want to be embarrassed like that. So it's That's interesting bad, you bro. said that That's because at the, at the end of the day, it comes down to preparation. You said thirty minutes before you're practicing. So I think that's key, right? Because I actually fumbled recently in a live. And the fact is, is I was winging it for a bit. I was relying on my laurels. I wasn't putting the time in. And I finally hit one. I just didn't know well enough to wing it on. And I fucking bombed. And it was a big slap in my face about the power of preparation. And you know what? If you're not able to do something, you don't necessarily have to do it. But if you are going to commit to doing something, you should make sure that you take the time to prepare for it properly. Yeah, because so cool. I mean that was like real New York shit that was being said there. But listen, you could you could bomb, you could bomb, even off of preparation. Just the the crowd not fucking with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So if if like I'm I'm gonna I'm I'd rather bomb that way. Like the like that's battle rap is is stand up comedy mixed with boxing. You know what I'm saying? That's literally that is what it well is. Well said, man. That like, is a like, great way to describe it. That's literally what it is, because the the punch the punch lines are literally the punches, but in stand up comedy, like the the greats, they all tell you like you have to go up there and fuck up to get your material right. But the only thing is in battle rap, it's like boxing. You only got one time. You can't fuck up multiple times. Like like, so at the end of the day, like you bombing is gonna make you better. Like, I, I've, had, I've had my moments. I haven't had no moments where I just completely forgot no shit. I'm not even gonna do that to myself. But like, I've had moments where the crowd wasn't fucking with me. I battled in Detroit where, where, um, where they did 8 Mile. Yo, I battled young. is that they the woman? Yo, I saw they, that one. They booed the fuck out the, me, yo. Like, yo, the, 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 the sanctuary, right? Hold on, is and, that and, the one where the guy was basically saying, yo, this is gonna make it look bad for the video, stop interrupting him and shit like that in the middle of it. Exactly, yeah, they was booing the fuck out. Yo, I wanted to die up there, bro. Yo, but you I handled take, that so rather, well. Bro, I would, but, I mean, I would rather take my chances going out like that than just like, like, like not fucking saying anything and going to the bathroom and throwing up. That's crazy. But all I know is I watched that battle in particular, and I thought you you took that one to me. I listened to the bars. I listened to everything. I thought the crowd was kind of obnoxious. It is what it is. But that the way you handled it all, but, like, the way you handled it, the when I, because, yo, again, it's the replayability. The truth is it's 2020. Now I'm listening to it. It doesn't well, matter. I wasn't in that room. And well, I think I you sounded to, fucking incredible, dude. I'm just I, saying I, that I, straight up. I had to I had to finish my rounds because they wasn't going to give me my money if I didn't finish. But I definitely wanted to say fuck y'all and I'm not standing up here and rapping no more but I had to get my money so 
we got out of there. But at the end of the day, like, I'll take my chances with that. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna take my chances of not being prepared and not mm. being able to to perform. Like, like I, I, nah, like choking, nah, bro, we ain't doing that. But man, it just kind of made me a bigger fan of you that you handled it the way that you did because it was so professional. I like right. professionalism, dude. I know I know about what attracts other people to other stuff, but I watched you. Like, I've been on stages where people weren't feeling me. I know what it is to not like being in that moment personally. Maybe not to the same scale as you, but right. I can kind of relate with that. So to see you and go, man, that, they were mean. Like, they were obnoxious. Like, it was just, yeah. it is what it is. But you handled it, what I would call it, in a boss way. That is some boss shit that you displayed in that moment, from my per, my Appreciate perspective, that. at least. Appreciate so to that. me, that's, that's a huge shit. win for you, dude. That shit was torture, man. I hated that. <laughs> I hated that moment. Like, but but I did what I had to do. Man, I th it's just cool that like we're able to talk about it like that. Cause I'm telling you, if you watch that battle now, you're not gonna see this guy looking silly. You're gonna see right. a crowd looking silly and this guy looking fucking amazing. Right. Um, so man, I think it's really cool. Do you like? Cause you're doing the musics too. So that was another right. thing that really impressed me. So I actually told people for over the last little bit, yo, man, we're all fucking up. So I actually did a 15 week, 15 acapellas on Spotify thing. Cause in the right. future nowadays, I'm watching the CEO of Spotify be like, this is a social media platform. Feed me this shit. Feed me, feed me. And I'm like, I can't afford beats like that. So I did acapellas. But what you did on YouTube. It's kind of the same thing that was kind of modern if you think about it because you were doing it a couple of years ago and now this yeah, is like the trendy yeah, shit yeah. to do so right. in the same way you're kind of ahead of the curb on this how the hell did you land on these one minute freestyle video things because everything's looking on point everything's looking beautiful and you sound fly we was bumping them before you came on they was loving it it was a good time right um well i took so much time off from rapping I knew I had to do something to grab people's attention. So I can't, me and my man, Henrock, came up with this concept of doing this shit called 30 for 30, where I did 30 videos in 30 days. And the reason that they're only one minute is because I had put them on Instagram. And um, mm. yeah, I, I did 30 videos for 30 days straight on Instagram. And I just did it. I did it not, I did it for, for, my, for myself. Cause I, I had so many things that were promised to me from right from, from my moments at v that i had told myself like all right you got to do this and not expect anything from it like just do the work you know what i mean and i knew that if i did the work it would be a testament to my creativity my penmanship and it would also put my peers like like it, it would put me back on the radar of my peers to say wait a minute because there was i mean like i said i was at the top of the food chain you know what i mean and the one thing that i know about life is you know it has it, it has its ups and downs it's in its ebbs and flows so just because you're at the top doesn't mean you're going to stay there and just because you're at the bottom doesn't mean you're going to stay there so i told myself like there was a point in time where my peers looked at me like yo like he's about to be the guy you know what i mean and i felt like my lack of work it, it, it took that away from me. So I said, all right, if I show my peers that I can do this again, like it'll let them know, like, all right, we got to watch out for him. Cause this is, this is, this is rap. Even outside of battle rap, it's very competitive. Just it's, it's only so much room for, for, for rappers. You know what I mean? You know what's so, crazy? 
it's just that like if we think about it today me and my man spades who's commenting right now with his knowledge nugget uh thing that's there is that you're basically kind of spit in tiktok marketing before tiktok existed dude do you understand that that's how tiktok rap marketing works is exactly uh, what you did like do you know how cool it is that you were laying down a framework before it was like mainstream and shit like that yeah. is insanely good man it definitely caught my eye it definitely made yeah. me fucking appreciate your mind a lot more nah i had to i had to do it like i knew i had to do it i knew i had to do it so i did that shit and and that's what got me to sway that's what got me the balls on i-95 i i knew that like i at one point i was the freestyle champion so this is what these people are looking for when it comes to me is freestyles. So I just I just showed them that I could freestyle my fucking asshole. So I could tell you which one of your freestyles then, uh, was my favorite. I can tell you that because it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers one, which connects back to the fucking Red Hot Chili exactly, Peppers shit you said at the beginning. Exactly. You got to understand, I can exactly. play that track on the bass, right? So that meant that it like right. hit me extra fucking heavy when you fucking spit on that one and sound and finesse because not a lot of people are going through that and you did it justice. That was my favorite of your one man freestyles. I can tell you that straight up. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, that's so fucking cool. So what's next for you uh, with these times that are going on? What's going on in the world in the near future for us to watch for? All right. Well, I just put. I just dropped my cologne. And I, I'm playing with my cologne with my music. I put a QR code on the back of my cologne bottle so you could just go straight to my, my Spotify, my Apple Music, Tidal, hear my music. I got an EP coming out called Eight Is Enough. I'm on my way to the studio to, 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 to finish some shit on that. Um, my man Goods got an EP that's dropping New Year's. You can look for me on that. We, we got a record on that. I don't know if you, if, if you know who Goods is. He's, he's, a, he's a pretty popular battle rapper so and a very good friend of mine. Goods to uh, God, know what I mean? Yeah, that uptown right. legend, BX legend. You definitely know gonna I mean? look into him more after this. That's why this is dope. You're teaching us who to look for. Yeah, no, that's my that's my guy. That's my friend, like outside of rap, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A very good friend of mine, you know what I mean? But I'm actually going to the studio right now to finish a record for him. Uh so yeah, that that's 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 what we're doing. That's amazing, man. I love the fact that you're utilizing your time. You taught us so much. I just want to do my wrap up while you're here just for the audience so that we can get the clippables for the video. So thank you so much for being here, dude. I feel like I've learned a lot from you already and I barely know you. Um, anytime in the future you want to come back, you're welcome. We'd, we'd love to have you and learn more from you because I know there's so much more to you. There's so many other things we could talk about that we could learn from that. It's not even related to your career, dude, because your brain is deep and your knowledge is vast and that's the kind of shit I love. Um, so again, thank you for all the knowledge nuggets. Um, thank you for being here. Um, all of y'all watching this in future platforms, make sure you go check them out. Make sure you go fucking buy his cologne. Make sure when his music drops, you're supporting that and you fucking following Thanks. that and all of that. Leave your comments below with your questions because we will come back. We're going to have clips of this coming in the future. We're going to have a big edited video coming later on down the line. Thank you for blessing us and making our... Because our, you know, here's the truth. People know who you are. So you made us more credible by being here on the stream. I don't even know if you understand how deep that goes for us. You added well, like, it, credibility it, it, to my it, shit, it, dude. It, it, it worked both ways because there's a lot of people that don't know who I am. So I hope uh, if it's whoever's in this chat that doesn't know who I am... Are you still with us? He's going through a little pocket, but yeah, he's still... Yeah, cool. 
And yes, Spades, I'm setting up to raid Blaster, so don't take off all of y'all on the Twitch. We are going to head out to DJ Blaster where the music's lit, and we're going to show love over there because that is Montreal fucking royalty, and y'all need to know who the fuck DJ Blaster is. Look up the Autobots. NDG, that is my neighborhood. He's from my hood. NDG is what it is in Montreal hip-hop history, all right? So in case you guys don't know, all right? So when you think of NDG, you think of Shades of Cultures, but you also think of the Autobots, and you also think of fucking DJ Blaster, and he is paving the way yet again, being one of the innovators of the Twitch revolution over here and whatnot. So yo, in case the, something happens, I think he did jump off the call because now Flacco is uh, the main focus yeah. here. I just want to, you know, wrap it up proper. Special thanks to the patrons. This is Gadamsey, Chris Powder, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribble. Your dub support will be due. If you do support us, hit that up at patreon.com slash behind us. Follow us, like us, all that good shit. You know what it is. And yo, it was a fucking pleasure having you, though. So live long and fucking prosper, everyone. Mm-hmm.